I'm Laurie Foster. I'm the anchor for Super Comic, and this is Top Five Comics Podcast. Welcome to Top Five Comics. People talking about comics, pop culture, and events. Today with us we have Mike. Up. We also have Ross. Hey. Also featuring Curtis. Hi. And the one keeping us all together, we got CBS. <laughs> killing me over there, man. You're killing all I can see is that dog from that cartoon. Everybody racer's dog and he's laughing at me. Mutley? <laughs> That's the one. Also, Rob. Hi. Oh, all right, everyone, that's Rob. <laughs> Today we're doing with... God, man, I don't know. Uh, all right. So uh, that's Rob, and we're doing episode... Uh, 42. Episode 42. <laughs> Just like when Professor X died in X... Episode 42 of X-Men. <laughs> X-Episode? Yes. <laughs> These are words that are hard to say. Just like it. Professor X's death in Uncanny X-Men 42. <laughs> Me and we're all going to die. <laughs> Be buried in an explosion? It was a good try. I, I think that was a valiant attempt. Grotesque. Where he met his end by the grotesque. A subterranean creature that lived below the Mole Man. And the realm of Terminus, I think. Mm. Isn't Terminus in The Walking Dead? It is also in The Walking Dead. All right. Today we're going to... Man. Do we have any... We have some books to go through, so yeah. uh, we're going to try to... Red Lantern's uh, Futures in number one. Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy, number uh, 19. Samurai Jack, number 12. And Booster Gold, Futures in number one. Roche Limit. And Roach Limit, number one, from Image Comics. <laughs> Let's go ahead and try to start with uh, Ross and the dog file. <laughs> Ross, some news? Um, one of the big things we got this week is we heard about Bruce Tim coming back to animate some stuff. We learned more specifically what that was going to be, and apparently it will be a prequel that will tie into the uh, Superman or Batman versus Superman movie. Hang on, hang on. So he's going to animate something that has to do with Batman vs. Superman, the next Superman 2 movie. Yep. It's, it's not actually Superman 2. I guess it's it's going to be its own thing. They're going to do a Superman 2 as well. Uh, I think I think this one is the sequel to Man of Steel, as far as yeah, I that's what it's supposed huh. to be. Oh, I thought they were doing that. No, no. My bad. Superman I, I 2 is the... Superman Batman. Huh. I thought that was a whole different it's, thing. It's kind of funny because no. it's super. It's the sequel to Man of Steel, and Batman's name comes first in the title. Because he's Batman. Yeah, yeah but the home team is always carded as the second. Mm. Oh, there he so you're trying to say that Batman's the visiting away team? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure what that really means with that, but okay. Much <laughs> like in 42, the movie. <laughs> What's like with Jackie Robinson? <laughs> all about racism and baseball. Gosh. Remember that baseball is awesome. The other, I mean, the other really crazy thing about it is it will be on. I want to say Machinima. Machinima. It, it's not going to be on TV at all. It's going to be straight to. Uh, straight to the internet. Yep. Hmm. Well, it's because he's trying to avoid Rob's criticism. Maybe it's a vile place. 
Well, the, the, dinner, the internet is full of hate and whatnot, but Rob talks to you in person about it, <laughs> and it makes you hate him for no reason. <laughs> the man's never been asked questions before, Ross. You were there, Curtis, you know. It's not anonymous. No, I had my back to it because I was checking out Finch's paper or That was later on in the day. Was it? Yeah, that was... See, that I, wasn't was, even, that was, I wasn't even around. Yeah, it was early morning then to late evening, just in case you haven't listened to the show before and heard this story. Otherwise, see previous episodes of he Top seems, 5 Podcast. He seems to really not like to be asked questions, like just by anybody. I'd hate to try to take his order for breakfast at a restaurant. <laughs> Or any meal Denny's ever. Or anywhere, yeah, really. <laughs> you want fries with that? You son of a bitch! <laughs> I'll hate you forever! No, I want fried potatoes. That's the same thing. <laughs> Mr. Tim, why, is it, why wasn't Tim Drake in that movie? I hate Tim Drake and I hate you! <laughs> <laughs> uh, really, that's not very... How do you think about making another Spectre movie? The Spectre shouldn't have got a movie in the first place. <sighs> Anyway, uh, so Ross, any more news? Um, another big one that we found, and this is kind of spoilery for Superman Doomed number two, I guess. Take that, sons of bitches. So if you haven't read that yet, you should probably read that first. Skip like two two minutes for Ross to talk about it. Yeah. And apparently, uh, towards the end of Superman Doomed, we find out that the pre-New 52 universe and the Flashpoint universe both exist. And uh, I think Mike knows a little bit more about what might happen with that later more than I do. Oh, is it ties into the Blood Moon thing? Oh, yeah. The, the there, n- next event? Yeah. There is one other thing, which is uh, Supergirl karate chops Doomsday Superman in half. Yep. And it's awesome. That is pretty cool. Sorry, continue. <laughs> You're all hung up on karate, aren't you? Well, <laughs> it's pretty awesome. I mean, she just rips him in two with I the karate chop. I think that is the definition of kung fu treachery. <laughs> well, if she did it in a sneaky way, I suppose. Yeah, and wasn't sneaky. it from behind? I think actually she's chopping him right through from the face. Oh, wow. Well. So she just misses his head straight through the body. Gotcha. <laughs> anyway, anyway from, it's a blood moon. From what I understand uh, from a very unreliable news site. Uh, I'm bleeding. They're through. getting some uh, hints that the next event will be uh, multiverse related. <clears throat> um, they will be bringing characters from the old universe, mixing them with the new universe, whether it be versus or team up or however you want to put it, and whatever is left at the end of it all kind of gives them a. Uh, the ability to bring old characters back from the old universe and get rid of the ones they don't want from this one. Maybe. Hmm. So a lot like a uh, story they did a while back called Crisis on Infinite Earths where yes, they very just modern, out the uh, trash yeah. and bring in some new stuff. And I guess Brainiac's probably involved. Hmm. Interesting. Like we pointed out earlier too, it's pre-New 52 Brainiac that's supposedly doing the the main villain of this whole Situation that's probably new to listeners, Ross. as before we started. Yep. So now, yes. now it's new. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> uh, sure, you know that's not a bad, not a bad plan. No, well, I mean it's. It, I don't know. I mean they'll make some readers happy. Other ones will know the difference. But as far as setups concerned, everyone was super. The people that were there, a fair amount of people that were super not okay with the idea of this whole flashpoint thing happening. 
And I'll give you, I was on the boat with that for a while too. But it, it happens every like ten years. So. But if that makes it a different reality, it kind of makes Flashpoint irrelevant, doesn't it? You know, if, I'm going to say all the realities are going to continue to exist. I mean, if they're going to still exist now, then I don't see them changing that anytime soon. But it doesn't diminish the the meaning the, of Flashpoint. The, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it diminishes it any more than an Elseworlds tale. Yeah. Well, Elseworlds tale, Elseworld tale didn't reboot the universe, though. No, but it's... <clears throat> it's but, its I mean, it's, it's clever that they're, you know, if that's what, where they're going with it. Right, well, I, I don't know. Kingdom Come was awesome, so... Maybe they'll yeah, Flashpoint, Flashpoint was pretty awesome, too, so... Mm-hmm. And neither one of them were considered invalid. And they were talking about characters, like, from Red Sun, for instance, that are yeah. so popular. Man, you know, they're they're, they're going to be in the mix. If, if, they, if they try to drag, drag our Red Sun Superman in there or, or Fuzzy Hat Batman, I'll be happy as hell. <laughs> yeah. Because Fuzzy Hat Batman's my favorite. Or if they brought Oracle back, that'd be cool too. But I don't see I don't see a world where that's okay. Russian they Batman don't care if you too. think it's okay. Uh-uh. Well, obviously, they're not going to ask my permission, sons of bitches. I imagine that the main mix in the end is probably going to be mainly pre-52 and new 52. I would assume so. Yeah. I that would be out of the ballpark. And we might see Frankenstein from the Flashpoint world because he looked a little different. But ultimately... Maybe the some more Flashpoint Frankenstein story was good. Yeah, it was awesome. Was awesome. Mm. The current Frankenstein stories are good, too, and the look's good, too. Like, when it first There's happened, enough of it, though. it was a little weird. But only because how awesome Flashpoint was. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so, well, there's all that nonsense. Good luck, I guess. <laughs> uh, Ross, was there any other news? Oh, I just... More than anything, just seeing stuff on the previews this week, we saw the cover that had uh, Robin Rises Alpha and showed right, yeah. Damien. And I was noticing that he was wearing a very League of Assassins type uh, clothes. Garb. Right. And I kind of have a, a theory. It's kind of not the place, but I kind of think that he might be Rachel Ghoul coming back in Damien's body. Oh, wow, that would be crazy. If they do go that direction, at least that'll give validation to the uh, idea in the first place where that was what Rash's plan was, and that mm. was, we thought that was all thrown out with the New 52 restart. Mm. But maybe it wasn't? Yeah, I, I can totally mm. see it. Isn't that interesting? They give us back Damien, but not the Damien we want. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I said that from the beginning. Yeah. I, I kind of wonder... Now, you know, we're basing a lot off of just this one image, I guess. But to me, it looks like... You know, he's got glowy eyes, but he also looks like he has maybe red hair. I kind of wonder if when he's remade, those infinity or those chaos shards that are inside that he of him, won't have a soul. I, he might not. <laughs> it's hard to say. He's, there's a lot of craziness about his birth. So yeah, but I kind of think he might be imbued with apocalypse or new god DNA. I wonder if he might come out and have red hair and have some kind of a strength boost or a durability boost that he never had before. Maybe. I can see that, too. You know, I could see them going with him and having a very Orion-like anger, where he's almost like a monster when he gets mad. Yeah, I could see that. But, I mean, it's basically just that picture and what I, you know, and what we know of, like, the Chaos Shard being inside of him, so... Mm -hmm. What about the Supergirl television show, Ross? What can you tell us about that? That you sounds know, like news. I actually hadn't even heard of that until Mike just said Are you kidding? Something. How do you not hear about this? All the <laughs> other stuff that you come in here telling me. Yeah, Supergirl's getting a TV show. CBS. No, I'm not oh, making it. It's going to be on that network. And, and I guess they have, they've signed a deal for more than a pilot. I mean, it's 
it's a go. Yeah, it's mm. happening at this point. That's cool. Yeah. CBS is kind of an odd choice, but yeah. I guess they've been making a lot of odd choices lately. They're so. going to cover every network, Ross. Yeah, might <laughs> as well. You don't have your own, so you're going to get on every other network. Why not? Yeah. I can see uh, I can see it being a really neat show, though. Yeah. It should be fairly interesting. Yeah. Well, I, they're they're behind the eight ball in the in the in the, the movie realm, so they might as well kick TV's ass. Pretty much what they're doing. And I what didn't we hear some article or read some article about you know people being upset that they're calling her Supergirl because she's going to be more mature in the movie or in the show? Yeah, I don't know. It's just I haven't nonsense. heard much about the inner workings of the show, but. Now, apparently this origin is a little different. Apparently she's been on Earth for a while. I know they're using the, the Kara Zor-El, the name. Yeah. Right. But they're, apparently she's been on Earth for a while and hiding among the humans. She's seen her cousin Superman doing things, but she hasn't decided to join and do that. And then one day she just decides to, I guess. That's what the, at least the initial hmm. write-up that they had on the Internet said about it. So a little bit different than the origin story we know, but yeah, we'll see. And yeah, she's been a really, really unique character, so it'll be interesting to see what take they they take on her. Well, they still have Constantine coming. It's true. Gotham. Gotham aired. aired. Gotham aired. Uh, and the Flash hasn't started, right? No, Not there yet. was a leak for it, but it hasn't actually aired yet. But I heard good, really good things about that. Yeah. So they're um, they're they're cooking. Right. Well, they we're also talking about having a Teen Titans or a That's Titans right. TV show and Lucifer. Oh, Lucifer, mm-hmm. I heard that. Got signed to a TV deal. Really? Yeah, Lucifer. It's an old Vertigo book. Oh. Back right. in the old Sandman days. Huh. It would be awesome if they did mm-hmm. Frankenstein, Agent of Shade, a movie. Man. That, that would cool. be cool. That'd be awesome. It'll never happen. I know, but it would be cool. It would be amazing. Well, you know, like, if it if it was... If they have success, they might. You know, I mean, Marvel's done some crazy, crazy well, stuff. Well, they have that cartoon, don't they? Yeah, yeah they made a little... They're more like little shorts, like two minutes long, but yeah. It seems like they're maybe testing the waters for that, huh? Maybe, yeah. What's crazy is they've been kind of slacking on their cartoon stuff recently. Well, they also did little test things of Plastic Man and Animal Man. I don't see them making shows of those. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I mean, as far as shows go, they still have Teen Titans Go, which is funny, but they don't really have any, like, action-type shows. Throne of Atlantis is coming. Yeah, a movie but is. But Aquaman won't be in it, it'll be Shazam. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Every other character is the same. It'll be odd in there because everybody will be like, my lead, and Shazam's like, what? I don't know what to talk about. There was a. <clears throat> Go ahead. Trying to hold his breath the whole time. <laughs> there was also rumored that uh, Aquaman made in a cameo off camera in Man of Steel. Yeah, supposedly mm. Aquaman. Uh, contacted whales to save Superman after that. The oil rig explosion? Because you never actually see him get back on land or anything. You just see him in the water kind of wake up and the whales above him. Hmm. I think, if I remember right. That's weird. The whales brought him back up to the surface. Yeah. I, I think that's I think that's string theory. <clears throat> well, that's the actually, director actually said. Coming, hmm. Yeah, I, I still think it's string theory. And that's fine. Well, well, it's just like the Punisher showing up in Captain America 2. Uh, did the Punisher show up in Captain America 2? I didn't see that guy. But yet there's two UP... Or what, they're like moving... Pinsky moving trucks. 
And one of them wrecks into a vehicle saving Captain America, and the other one wrecks into a vehicle helping Nick Fury. And the director talks about how the guy driving the vehicle is supposed to be a special agent type and be highly trained type. And so maybe it's Frank Castle. Yeah. String theory. I agree, but it'd be cool if that's what they originally planned. Yeah. Well, like like Curtis said, the director. <laughs> wow. I didn't do nothing. <laughs> Would she like to be Aquaman? It said cool. Oh. I heard, <laughs> am I? I'd like to be. Yeah, after it said cool. Oh. That was wild. <laughs> but, yeah, like Curtis said, it did come straight from the director. That's what happened. But yeah, well, this was supposed to be from the It could have been movie, afterwards so. that he was like, yeah, we're going to make yeah, this happen. Yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah, the Wells could have been contacted by Aquaman. Uh, and, you know, I'll say the same thing about Captain America. Uh, who knows if it was a Pinsky Place truck on purpose, or maybe it just needed to be a big enough truck to do some damage. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the same thing. And that that scene has been... I mean, online people have speculated that since that scene came out, too. That oh, yeah. had some sort of Aquaman hmm. thing, but... Knick-knack about it. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, if it did, more power to him. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, and apparently Aquaman will look like a surfer dude in the movie. That's that's news, too, I guess. It's where he's going to be huge. He's going to be Conan. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. Count Drago. Yep. Just see it, Conan on a surfboard. That's your Aquaman you've got. <laughs> Every time he wipes out, he's like, "Damn it, God!" I'm pretty sure he kills a seal after that. <laughs> he kills a seal. He's only half sea life. It's okay. <laughs> right. As long as he's not using a club, I guess it's okay. <laughs> or as long as he uses afterwards his boots. <laughs> I don't know where the rules are for that. Okay. okay. Yeah. He's just angry at everything, so he's got to kill something. Right. Well, either that or rape a lady. I mean, that's pretty much marry a lady, doesn't want to marry him, then rape her. You've seen Game of Thrones? <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm not condoning it. I'm just... And, or the seal thing. <laughs> wow. All right. Let's continue on with, uh, with some news. That's that's all I have. That's all you have, Ross? Yeah. Well, uh... Charles Soule signed an exclusive deal with Marvel, so he won't be writing uh, Swamp Thing, Superman, Wonder Woman, Red Lanterns for DC and whatever else he writes. Wah, wah, wah. Letter 44 is going to continue, though. Yeah, yeah, he'll still do his indie, indie stuff. But. So apparently being signed to Marvel exclusive means you just don't write anything for DC. Right. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That's kind of a loss, though. Yeah, I'd heard that this uh, Red Lantern that we're going to read in a little bit actually was kind of his, Swan this is song. what I would want to see at the end of it. It's yeah. been good, too. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Any thoughts on Gotham? You want to go there or no? Sure. Um, you know, I was really worried there was going to be Kid Catwoman and uh, Kid Bruce Wayne running around the entire time. Not quite that. Um, the Bruce Wayne parts I'm pretty okay with. Catwoman parts, eh, you know, she shows up everywhere for, like, no reason. What about the penguin parts? Yeah. When you say it like that, it makes me question what you're asking, actually. <laughs> you it's better than okay the silk parts. Am I okay with the penguin? Yeah, the penguin part, that was fine. See, I, on the other hand, hated it. You I hate the penguin? I thought they totally got him wrong. Uh, see, this is supposed to be his beginning, Rob. He's always been a bottom feeder, till he was on top. 
Well, he's a top feeder. But he's never been like, oh, I really love hitting people with his bat. Like, he was getting off on beating that guy. Man, he's uh, he was, he he's is, young. He's inexperienced. Yeah, that, he, you think he won't? He doesn't do the work himself? He seems to me like the kind of guy who really likes to delegate that kind of work. Well, eventually. But, but they, he's got to give him a reason to be scared of him. Yeah, but I don't see him being like, mm, I really enjoy this. Like, he would like the power over the guy. But... I don't think he would be well, that into Edward beating Nygma? him. I think they they tried a little too hard with the the riddle. Thing. Well, yeah. I didn't watch the whole episode. I didn't get a chance to, but I watched some of it. That's the only thing that really stuck out to me. Did you? Oh, oh I haven't seen any of it yet. But mm-hmm. the way I've heard Penguin in it is he reminds me a lot of uh, Batman Returns as a younger version, just from what I've heard, not from hmm. what I've oh. seen or anything. But. To me, he feels a lot more like he should be somebody like, I don't know, like the Black Mask. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't see that, man. Like, I, I get a different read from him, though. Like, from Pain and Prejudice, I, he's sadistic. He really That's is. A good story, though. No. But no, it's great. I'm just using it as a reference point. But the dude's, he, he's, he's sadistic. Yeah, but he I'm really not, is. I've never read anything that made me think he got off on giving somebody pain. I mean, maybe the actor's just too into it. I mean, I'll, I'll give me, I'll give you that, maybe. Maybe. And maybe, maybe it's a little more over the top than what it needed to be. But it also seems like the first time he's ever been given the chance to do anything. So, mm. I'll, I'll give it that being the, I'm more okay with that than anything else. What do you think? I fell asleep halfway through and woke up probably about ten minutes till the end. Really? Yeah. Well, it was probably late when you were No, I, was, I just didn't like it. Oh. Huh. But it, it's... So, so you missed out on some of the nuance it's while too, you were sleeping? Uh, well, I, I saw Jada Pinkett Smith in there. I don't know what character she's playing. I think she's just for the show. I've never heard of that character before. I know, I know Falcone, or Falcone was Falcone. referenced a lot in it. I don't they know if he was in it. Mm-hmm. Did they? Yeah. I just didn't. It just wasn't. It's just. It's not for me. Didn't didn't grab you fast no. enough. No. And I, I I don't watch shows like that most of the time anyway. But like I haven't seen Green Arrow. Well, Arrow it's even sad. the first few episodes. Is, yeah. Well, I'll I'll give you the setup episodes it for it too. A while, it took a minute to be okay. I'm with. I'm still not a huge fan of Arrow either. Because you haven't watched season two. I've seen a lot of Arrow though, and I'm still not a fan. Well, of when it. you talk about him taking off his shirt, that is a lot of him. Yes. <laughs> a little bit of that, it's Ross. It's annoying, it does. But I mean uh, episodes, Ross. And the, ch- the chick, um, Laurel, that her name? The, so you the sister or the girlfriend or the, the other girlfriend? The gr- first girlfriend. L- Laurel. She's hot, dude. I would have I taken her sister on the boat, too. Instead oh, yeah, for sure. She seems like a lot more fun. <laughs> that lady's awesome, too. Ter- uh, yeah, uh, the Canary. The Canary, yeah. I, I don't recommend usually binge-watching anything. But, like, Arrow, you almost have to, I think. You need to give give Season 2 a try. It's completely different. But, um, so so who else would we... We got Fish Mooney, which I can't say I'm a super Batman aficionado, but I don't I don't recognize her. I don't recognize her either. Created for the show. There you go. Boom! And then, uh, of course, Edward Nigma is in the show. Um, I, I, it's almost too convenient plot-wise... But yeah, I think they knew that he wasn't going to be in the show very much, so they thought they had to, like, really kind of rub it in. Yeah, it's like throw a spotlight on it. Look, look what we did. Yeah, you I thought. That? I How thought can you not. Uh, Gordon's when they were first in the precinct, and that guy has the gun to that lady's head, and mm-hmm. he goes up and tries to save the day. And I just thought that was stupid. Oh, 
I don't know why. Tricks the guy with the pills? Yeah, I just thought it was stupid. I Jim trying to stand up and not let a guy get hosed for no reason. I, I thought it was alright. I, I kind of didn't understand Bullock's reaction. Mm-hmm. Like, you'd think you'd kind of be like, ah, don't be a hero, Jim. You know? Let the scum get taken care of. But Bullock's a lot dirtier mm-hmm. than, than he normally And I didn't is. like that either, how mm-hmm. dirty he really was. Yeah. Um, Which I, I guess the idea is probably as Jim goes, he's going to redeem Bullock. Mm-hmm. I, I think the other thing that kind of bothered me was Montoya and the role that they put her in. So, but... So. Well, the Montoya party, I think it's just a name for nuance. I mean, it's just like Arrow making just connections to make, yeah. make connections. Yeah. No, I agree. So take us completely off topic. Yeah. The start of this, when Steve said Kid Catwoman, uh-huh. yeah. I swore I heard Kit Catwoman. Kit Catwoman? Yep, I like, like the candy Kit bar. Bar. Yep. She helps you take a break. Yep. That's a good, that's a good thing. <laughs> Kit Kat, brought to you by Kit Kat. Yep. I guess. That's, that's actually one of the few things, I mean, there's a lot of things I miss from the old DC universe, but, like, they were trying to make Kit Kat work, the, uh, the kid Catwoman character. Oh, the cat girl? Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of, I kind of miss her. I was kind of like, know, are you gonna say there was a Kit Kat woman? In the <laughs> <laughs> she was awesome. She was made of it's chocolate. A Legion of Superheroes character right there. I don't see why not. <laughs> Damn you! I'll make you melt and sticky. <laughs> Man, it's a totally no one different. can stop my butterfingers, and the butterfinger lady is like, hey! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> So I guess the general consensus on this show is meh. Well, yeah, you know, I, I don't I don't like it as much as I like Arrow. Um, granted, it is the first episode. I like the way, at the end they have a whole thing where Jim, at one point when Jim's talking to the future wife, he makes a statement saying that he knows how to play ball, even though if he doesn't he, even though he doesn't like the idea. And she tells him, well, maybe you're going to have to. And I, I like how he bends in order to fit. But his whole goal in the end is, in general, is to take down the corrupt police. And you see that from the get-go. And I, I like that. I like the guy playing Jim Gordon. I'll give you that Bullock is super, super dirty. But when I see the guy playing the part, whose name I don't know, unfortunately. Donald Logue. Donald Logue. Okay, I completely believe him as a dirty cop. Him as that particular dirty cop. And they're supposed to be younger anyway. And the only other portrayal we've ever had of him was in Porkins played him in the movie... For for Batman, uh, the original Batman, Tim Burton. That's who the guy was. <laughs> I know. Porkins from from Star uh, Star Wars. But that's that's funny. That's the only time the dude's been portrayed in a movie, and we've seen him in the cartoons. And in the cartoons, we always just know he's sort of shady. So there's never really been he's enough always, about him. Yeah, he's always kind of the tough cop, but he always does the yeah, right thing. Yeah, he always anyways. seems like the, the grumpy tough cop. That yeah, I don't want to help anybody, but I'll help. So this he's kind of the same, but we're seeing more of the dirty side of him. So it's almost like I show more about the two of them than anything else. At least from the pilot. That's what I got from that. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's what they said it was going to be. Well, it's supposed to be Jim Gordon's show, so yeah. I can see that two things being that way. And maybe Jim will but twist... But seem to be focused a lot on the villains. Uh, yeah, yeah. It is also set up episodes, so you got to get the, the hook into people. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think that's about. Yeah, you gotta, you got you to gotta build your good villains to make the story work. But they did a really good job with, with Jim. And honestly, as, as, as much as... Bullock is kind of dirty. Like, you can see why he's the way he is. It's like he's he's doing necessary evils, at least in his mind. 
Right. You know? Yeah, I'll give him that. Uh, honestly, I, I kind of thought that this was not going to be a good show. And so I was actually pretty surprised. Like, it's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. But it's not like a home run yet. But it took a lot of episodes for me before I was like, yeah, Arrow's awesome. I so... Yeah, well, I'll give you like with, with Arrow, it took maybe five episodes before I was completely okay with it. Mm-hmm. Somewhere after the, the during the sixth episode, I liked it. I mean, if they would have shown me a little bit more of uh, Katie Lutz on the boat getting drowned and then turning out to be the Canary earlier, I'd been more into it because she's awesome. Canary and Arrow have always been like like a big part of the Green Arrow storyline, man. Mm-hmm. So if we're not going to get any superpowers, she's the only other real option, you know. Anyway, but yeah, it took me a while to be okay with that show too. Now I'm, like, all about it. And that could be because Stephen Mill's awesome and crazy. Or it could just be because it's really, really good. Well, season two is a lot different. Oh, yeah, I'll give you. Season two, is, there's a huge turn in there. They, they should. Ross. I've they, seen a lot of season two, too. <laughs> you're still shaking your head like you don't like I don't. I don't. I don't you don't like anything. Okay. No. Nope. Does he need a cape? Maybe. Like. Ah, I'd say a lot less teenage drama, and I'd be a lot oh, more. Oh come okay. on, Ross! Yeah, unfortunately, it that that's the hang up of the channel it's on. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. Just too. like if it was on A and E, but they did tone it down season two. Yeah, it's other than the whiny the sister. Yeah, she just takes the place of it. I take some pills and I'm gonna <laughs> drink. Although <laughs> I, we did see from the comic. A look into the future of a possible Red Arrow slash Arsenal costume. Yeah. Cool. I've actually seen pictures of it on the TV show, too. Mm-hmm. Right, it looks pretty awesome. I'm excited. Yeah. Season 3 should be epic. Anyway. Okay, so uh, it's enough of that nonsense, I guess. Are you, so you know somebody's <laughs> going to die, Rob. There's all, all kinds of people died in the season 1, and season 2 has deaths, man. This is true. And actually, you know what? One of the big things it has that should get some acclaim is that in the end of season one, all those people died in the city. It's not forgotten in season two, and the city is just fixed and everything's fine. We're still dealing with the aftermath of hundreds yeah. of people dying. Everything's a mess still. So, which is something people complain about superhero films and shows all the time. Like, but there's no consequences. Well, Arrow has consequences. Surprisingly enough. <laughs> TV show consequences. Mm. Don't shake your head. Please. No one can hear your head shake, Ross. I can see it in Hurtman's side. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's move on to books. Oh, and let's do, uh, man, it's already so far in and we haven't gotten anywhere with anything. It's terrible. Okay, so uh, let's do the football standings real quick. Uh, so still in first place, we have, uh, I don't remember if he's in first place last time or not. Uh, Jay Cadmo, so it's it's still Jeremiah, who's up by about 40, no, he's at 340 for his points, which is pretty good. Uh, then we have Ember Hammer Beef at uh, 326. Then the Dark Knights, they've risen to 299, which made me happy. Followed by the Spirits of Vengeance at 287. Then Humans at 286, there's a slim gap there. The uh, Knights of Unicron at 285. Josh's King at 283, uh, Baldas the Brave at 273, the Donkey Kongs at a solid 264, and then the Suicide Squad coming in at 234. So uh, all in all standings wise, it's a fair match. Hey, we, got, yeah, well, we can look at it for you tonight. 
There's a fair amount of change there in the... I'm just saying the Dark Knights have risen a little bit. That's what I like. <laughs> that's my team. We do have a question. Do we want to do the question now? You want to do the question at the end? Let's do it now. Do it now? Yeah. All right, so then a uh, question from uh, listeners. So this is from Tan Lantern once more. And uh, we thank you, Tan Lantern, for uh, sharing your time with us. Yeah, you're listening and giving us questions. We appreciate it. So this is a titled report card. And essentially, um, Mr. Lantern here would like us to rate publishers at, uh, like a, a report card, A's, B's, C's, D's, and stuff like that. So I'll read, uh, I would like each of you to grade the comic book publishers on how you think they're doing. You know, your thoughts on the events, marketing, BS, what you like and don't like. What books are you still enjoying and uh, that you were reading at the beginning of the year and earlier. I think you, I think you get where I, I am going with this. I want you all to put some thought into this and tell everyone listening what you think. I believe the answers will be interesting. My grades are as follows. I will not go into detail. You guys will. I will keep it short because, hell, we want to hear your thoughts, not mine. So he gives Marvel a B+, plus, citing uh, some Thor, God of Thunder, Guardians, Nova, Mighty Avengers, Hawkeye, and all-new X-Men. Um, he can go on. The one gripe he has is the constant relaunching of titles, and the paper quality of their books is suspect at times. Other than that, pretty solid. DC gets a C from Tan Lantern. I do enjoy some DC titles, but I've fallen off uh, quite a few lately. Not sure I can put my finger on the exact cause. The stories and characters have become kind of bland in a sense. Even the main Batman title has lost some of its fire. Batman and Robin has gotten better after decline for a few issues. The weekly books are just downright annoying. I personally cannot afford to keep up with them. Image gives an A-. Image just keeps pushing the envelope. They continue to put out great stuff month after month, and they always seem to have interesting new titles on the horizon. Quality product without most of uh, the event and marketing BS. They have something for every comic book every comic reader out there. If you can't find a book that interests you from Image, well, you are effed. Saga, Manifest Destiny, Low, Walking Dead, on and on and on. Uh, Independence, The Remainders. <clears throat> he gives it a B. It is tough to bunch them all together. I am doing it to save time. You guys can split them up. Boom is doing great, growing slow but sure. Dynamite is doing okay. They have brought in some bigger name creators and that has helped. This is all I have time for. Gotta get to work. I look forward to hearing what you have to say. Keep up the good work. The Tan Effin Lantern. Peace. <laughs> awesome. <clears throat> Report card system, huh? Okay. Um, we, we like to count to five here. <laughs> we do, but we, I, I can go with an A, B, C, D. That works. D being low, being the low end, A being high end. Just what like about an school. F? Uh, you know... Because there is an F in those. Okay. We'll, we'll give it... The F is an option also. Okay. <sighs> All right. Who you want to go around and... Yeah, let's just go around in a circle. Uh, just because I don't want to get beat to it, because uh, I know that Rob is going to say the same thing I am, probably. Uh, start with Marvel. Uh, overall, I, Marvel B minus, maybe. It's not a matter of quality of stories or quality of material. I mean, the material is just fine, and I think a majority of them have decent material. Problem for me with Marvel is the paper, and I, I tell people that all the freaking time. Not just here, or on the internet, or at Comic-Cons, or at wherever. It's the mouse's paper, and in, in quality style status, 
uh, you say suspect, I say look at Wolverine, Death of Wolverine 1 and 2 with these glossy, awesome covers, and then look at everything else they put out. Everything else. Paper, terrible. So, quality of writing, yeah, B, um, B+. Plus. Quality of art, I mean, when you got Joe Madrera actually doing a book on time, it's awesome, but Marvel's got the same problem with Jim Lee. So it's not like, it's not like a suspect of, of a matter of talent. It's more a matter of product in general. Uh, so I, I give him B plus, Rob. Uh, are, we, are we doing all of them, or are we just doing Marvel first? You know, I just did Marvel, on? so I think... Uh, let's just do Marvel first. Let's do then. Marvel first. Okay. That keeps everything on a level. Uh, I hate to say this, because actually I love Marvel. Marvel is probably my favorite company. I've loved all the characters in it since I began really doing comics. Um, I'd, I'd probably give them a C at this point. I completely agree. I hate that books are starting and stopping all the time. I kind of was thinking about this the other day. You know, one of the coolest things that I could think of is that you can talk to your grandpa about Avengers, and it's the same run of Avengers that you were reading, you know, if you were born in the 80s or 90s. But now, you know, we're in volumes four, five, six, seven, in maybe two or three years. That's true, yeah. Um, you know, like the the event stuff, they've they want to get so much of you that they're actually doing multiple events on top of each other. And if you're collecting multiple titles, it can be crazy because you have to get like tons of different books just to get all the events instead of having one big actual event. <clears throat> um. I also feel like they've stepped all over their own feet in their new Marvel Now stuff because they had these storylines in place and then, oh, well, we're doing a Marvel Now thing, so now you have to wait on doing that story and the story changes. You know, Age of Ultron is a great example of that. Um, Inhumans is, I think, a great example of that where it should have gotten going faster. Um, so I, I'm going to have to give them a C. You know, paper quality is horrible as well. But it, it's still my favorite universe. So. All right, Ms. Mike. Well, I'll, I'll give them a B. Um, the quality of the stories and art, fairly consistent. The event things, one right after another, they don't really allow... The fallout from a certain event to affect anything before the next one starts. Kind of like Infinity. When that was done, it's done, they're on to the next. I mean, they, they, don't, they don't allow anything to sink in. Yeah, quote Kitty Pride from this first issue of Star-Lord. Uh, I don't think the world will be attacked this week, because um, we're getting attacked every week. I'm pretty sure I know if we were being attacked. Because every week the world Earth's being attacked. Right. It's, it's just, it gets a little old. I mean, I, I'd kind of like to see them chill out a little bit. Let the titles do their own thing for a while, and then you know maybe a couple events, a year, big events a year, or whatever. But I mean, it's just nonstop. I, I think they've kind of gotten themselves into a little bit of a bind because I mean, with things like Civil War, Secret Invasion, Dark Reign, those were massive things that they planned out over five years, and they were so big and they were so good. I think they feel like, oh, we got to keep chasing that, and the, I don't know. I know we're not to the like the DC part yet, but I feel like they're just as bad offenders of that, if not worse, of just putting one event right on top of another. In a way, 
I'll give you that. Ross, you want to do uh, a, a Marvel? Yeah, I'd give Marvel. Hang on just Are you done, Mike? <laughs> no, not quite. Go, come on, uh, man. Paper quality does suck. Okay. I'll give you that. It does. Right. Uh, as far as the quality of writing, their the stories are fine. And then they're relaunching the titles like that dude said. For instance, Daredevil. I, I thought about maybe jumping on the newer one, but the only difference, there's only one difference price from the older one to the newer one. Creative teams, this is the exact same. Right. It's price. Mm-hmm. That's the only difference. Why relaunch the title again? I mean, usually they'll relaunch it if somebody else is writing it. That's guaranteed. They like that number mm-hmm. one They like cash. the number one. I'll give you that. Yeah. Now, I don't know why it works, but it does. I, I don't I don't understand I don't understand why it works. It shouldn't at this point. They they've uh, done it to death. Unfortunately, you know the the comic community is is different now. Well, it's kind of like the people you talk you've talked about that they don't want to dive into issue number one hundred and five. Yeah. They have to have number one, yeah. or they can't get into the story, yeah, which is not right. Even, they won't even bother themselves. Right. And then when I started on comics, I. I knows what issue I uh, like. X, yeah, Uncanny X Men. I think my first issue was uh, one twenty eight. Mm. Yeah, they want. I, they want I, all I don't the understand legacy. that way of thinking. It's just ridiculous. Mm. They want all the legacy, but they don't want to have to actually spend the time into it. But yeah, I mean, for the most part, I think I'm enjoying. I'm actually really enjoying more Marvel titles than DC at the moment. I mean, really enjoying them, like Guardians. Um, Spider-Man, the Spider-Verse stuff has, has been pretty good so far. It's, yeah, it has. I think I'm enjoying more Marvel. Like the uh, Legendary Star-Lord's been good. There's there's a few other titles, you know, obviously, that, are, that have been good, and they have had some issues with getting held up. Like the Inhuman thing lost all its steam. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. Stories um, and the Hawkeye somebody. thing, yeah. that, that took a big dump. Both of those stories are tremendous. And they were. And they, they still are. They're still good. But, I mean, when you wait four months or whatever. Yeah, it does yeah. throw it off. But that's all I have. I'll give them a B. Ross? I'd give them a C as well. I'm not, I've never, well, I used to be really into Marvel and kind of stepped away. And I've come back and read a couple recently. And the ones I read I do really like. But I could see as a company as a whole there's also a lot of things that I probably would never touch. And... As far as quality goes, uh, paper quality is not good. And, That's true. And just like you guys have said, there seems to be a lot of big stories that just overlap each other, and when they don't do as good as they want, they kind of just move on to something else right off the bat. And right. There's, there's no never any stuff, stuff there's doesn't... Any, there's no, they don't give it time to... Yeah. Stuff doesn't... The effects to be felt, like it's supposed to change the universe forever. Well, you don't ever really know because they just keep moving on to the next big thing yeah new fallout times if you're trying yeah. to say okay yeah I, feel, I kind of feel like too uh, just this might be completely ignorant but i feel like if stuff doesn't sell very good for them then they just drop it right off the bat and just go on to something else you know, they have too. started doing that like the ghost writer book's been canceled what issue is it at eight yeah, yeah maybe is it that far oh, i didn't even know ghost writer had been canceled yeah what happens if I try more left? Though. News! I do really like Rocket Raccoon, though, and the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff seems <laughs> cool, and uh, even, like, the work out of Thunder is awesome, too. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. totally different than what I was expecting but from the They're going to reboot that, too. Well, God of Thunder's ending, so yeah, they're going to bring out the new Thor. Yeah, they really need so. a new, 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 new number one. 
Well, for this, yes. For this, yes. This this <laughs> this time it actually makes sense. Well, I could see I could see it tag back into the old one still too, but I could see it being mm-hmm. a number one at the same I'd, time. I'd like so. to, but people were furious when um, mm. Thor was taken over by Loki, and then it was changed as a journey into mystery. They're furious. So yeah. Bye. Yeah, damned if you do, damned if you don't. No, <laughs> go to hell. Curtis? See. Is that an answer or are you telling see, me yes? Senor? I'll give it a C. Okay. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> Everybody else has said everything already, so. Yeah. Right. Man. Well, they just, it, just like Ross was saying, well, maybe not, but. <laughs> there's one story over four or five books. Right. And if you've already got a pull list set and you've got money allocated to the books you have and can't spend any more, you can't buy the other three parts of a four, of a story that goes for four books. It gets to be daunting. It gets to be hard to follow that story. And it ultimately makes you want to be like, hey, I'm not getting the full story. Why am I getting this book anyway? I understand the thought behind it. I get it. But it gets tiring. It's constant. And it's over and over and over. If they could have a, a, a one story in one one book, I think people would be a lot more happy with it. They just don't do it anymore. No, and it's hard to find one story in one book. You got to buy four different other books to get one story, and it becomes tedious to do so. What's up, our Moon Knight? I mean, they had Spider-Man up to what, issue seven hundred, right? Is that was that a constant? Yeah, yeah. amazing. And now. Yeah, we're, never gonna, we're never going to see that again. No. Yeah, I don't think we'll get books in the hundreds anymore. No, I mean, you're doing good to get through. Unless it's a, unless it's a magical at this point. issue number. If we get through, like, 100 of this Amazing Spider-Man, and it restarts, and it's Amazing Spider-Man number one again, and then we get another 100. And they're like, hey, you know, what if we add 100 and 100 to 700? That's 900. Giant-sized, double-sized, triple issue! 900! <laughs> And then we go back to issue well, number that's one. That's what they did with Detective, didn't they? <sighs> didn't they do it? Um... Yeah, but it's, it's a little different. Detective was already at almost 900 books. And, I mean, yeah, they did the 900, the WTF month. Eh. But it wasn't really actually. They technically were late on that, too, if you had the numbers together. Yeah. Eh, it doesn't matter. And, and, and to my point, just another one, it seems like they're writing more toward to get it collected in a trade paperback. And people aren't yep. buying the title, but if they're not buying the title, then that book's not going to exist to get trade paperback. You're right. So right. it's a catch-22 on their end. Yeah. Uh, trade waiting's a big deal now. That's what people do. They wait to get the whole story in one fell swoop. Yeah. I think the That's more and more point. it doesn't get traded, the happy, it kind of makes me happy on one hand because then it proves the point. Because for a long time, everything got traded. Mm-hmm. And now you've got this group of, I just like to wait for the trade because... I don't. I, it's hard for me to wait, because if I have to wait for a story, then, man, I might think about it, and I don't want to have to think about it. I just want to buy one book with everything in it. And I get it. I do. I understand that it, some people... It depends people, on the book. It, it doesn't know. It, it depends doesn't. on the book. For, I mean, for, some books are... They're better if you read them in a chunk, but mm-hmm. that goes for issues as well as it does it for trades. It goes for any but, book, man. If you can get two books a month, great. And... And the people are pissed off but it about doesn't make any book. sense well, to, you know. if, you, if, you, if you have too many people trade waiting, they're not going to make the damn book. And ultimately, exactly. we all know it's cheaper to buy in a trade. Oh, yeah, I'll More often than not, bucks, it's yeah. way cheaper, and Personally, that's what people I can't are doing wait. to save money. I like to have my, you know, I well, like the same I think, I think mm-hmm. in general, I, we all don't feel the same way about that part of things. And it, when, I, when I say that, I'm not entirely telling people that are trade waiters to go hell themselves. 
but <laughs> but you're right. Like when when we're talking about it, if there's not enough people buying the book in the first place, it's not going to get made into a trade. So uh, without one, you don't have the other. Even so, even all the love for Hawkeye can't save that book uh-uh. because no, people point, are waiting for trades. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, that's a that's a great point because that's how they geared our story arcs. Uh-huh. All that. I mean, and that does that affects a lot of things. As long as the book stays popular, as far as how the go. story is is structured and everything. I and mean, they may they may want to they may you know the original idea. He may have had eight or nine issue story, mm-hmm. and it would have made it so much better. But you got to condense it mm-hmm. so it'll fit in a damn trade. And yeah. as we've seen, once the trades are released, it's going to be okay. The last book gets released on this day, as well as a trade of that story arc. Right. It's, it's yeah, Marvel's all over, and they that. used to have to wait months for that stuff. But yeah. now it's just DC used to have to wait. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. But. Yeah, anymore DC's back to a normal pattern of doing that. It was just like DVDs and movies. Like, what's the point in going to the theater when I don't know? Two months from now, I can just rent it on a Redbox for a buck. Uh, yeah. Or stream it from Amazon. Or stream it from Amazon, or yeah, and they're doing that even earlier now mm-hmm. before yeah. the DVD even comes out. Like a long before the DVD comes out. It's just the nuance that people don't remember what it was like to wait for anything, so there's no anticipation for, any, for it anymore. Instant gratification. Know. Yeah. That's a problem with society. Let's move on to DC Comics. Uh, who wants to go first? <laughs> you. Though? I'm not going to no, We don't go in the Let's same order. Let's keep going the same line. There's a Rob? <laughs> Rob first, DC, go. <laughs> Why even ask? <laughs> uh, well, it's a giant circle, so we, that way everyone gets to start circle. at some point. You guys are going to get the worst ties to start with, so I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I'm going to go with the, um, I'd say B+. I actually really like that DC is better connected than I think it's ever been. I like that stories actually affect one another in real time for the most part. I Honestly, I, I feel like they're doing a much better job of stories. Um, there's a lot of things that I don't like, but I think that they're overall doing, doing really well. Until... The kind of this future in month, I, I feel like their events have been better planned myself. And I think the, the only thing that happened with Futures in month is it's just like Villains Month. It was meant to coincide with the popular book series that they were bringing at the time. That's basically the same thing as doing an annual. But I, I give it a B. Plus. I, I've enjoyed where they've been going with DC. So. All right. Mr. Mike? I'll give him a. I'll give him a C. I mean, for me, there's a few of the titles that I've kind of lost. The I mean, they're just not as exciting as they used to be. I mean, Aquaman's changed a lot. I still like the character, but it's just changed a lot. Different writer. Um, and like that guy said, Batman even, I think Zero Year went a little long. But the one thing that irritated me the most throughout the year is Batgirl, for instance. You that that writer could not finish a story arc without getting interrupted two, three times for an event. It took forever to get a story arc done. That was that irritated the hell out of me. Same with John Lehman and Detective yep. Comics. Makes it awfully hard to get, you know... It loses steam. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you get one issue of a... Uh, like the Wanted story arc in Batgirl. You get one issue, event book. One issue, maybe another issue, event event. The only thing that's probably a little better about DC events is they're a little smaller. They're not across the entire damn line like Marvel does a lot. So, I mean, the, the Bat books will have an event together. 
it's a little more manageable. The quality of their books are by far better. Um, but there's a lot of the titles that just seem everything's the same. The tone feels the same. Maybe I'm just a little, I don't know, I might be like, he said Batman and Robin, had it has improved. It, 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 there was a little while there. There was were, a lull. Yeah, but when the Robin Rises stuff started, it's awesome. They still have they still have their awesome stuff, but it's just it just doesn't feel the same to me. But I'll give it a C. Ross, I'd try to give it a B minus. Actually, there's there's some things that I really like in DC and some books that they do really really well. Uh, like I was saying though, I think they have the same problem with crossover stuff or event stuff as far as that goes, where one big event just goes straight into the other one and straight into the next one. And uh, especially Green Lantern, there's not, there's never not an event yeah. going. And I like. think, I think right now, Green Lantern wise, that's because Jeff Johns left it. So now they're trying to figure out a way to get. I mean, there's, there's always an event going with that book, up, mm-hmm. pretty much. And, and that's something that drives me nuts. Like, okay, the comics are about the characters, not about the writers, not about the artists. Sometimes, you know, if you like the characters, stick around. Don't just leave. I'll get, uh, I, it depends. I mean, it can get pretty bad at, at times. This is true, but. I don't think that. But I think this Green Lantern, as a general rule, I mean, a lot of people jump ship. I think a lot of people did jump ship prematurely too. That just because the writer changed, they were gone, and that probably I wouldn't agree with that. But I I agree with what you're saying. You give it a chance. I mean, yeah. If you like it, fine. If you don't, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat with Aquaman right now. Aquaman's my favorite, but just the way the story's been going, I'm having having a really hard time keeping track of it's it. It's definitely not the same. Mm-hmm. And it's not supposed to be. But Another thing that's kind of good on one side and bad on the other is DC's doing a really good job about giving like secondary characters their own books and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then they only last like a year, maybe. Yeah. If, if they do good, they keep going. If they don't do good, then they get dropped. Well, the kind of nice thing for DC is they've been out in front of it from the beginning saying like, alright, well, cells are going to dictate what books are made. Mm-hmm. And it's become like a yearly anticipation thing where you can try to guess which DC books are going to be dropped and what's going to be added. And They do seem to make some odd choices Yeah, sometimes. I bet you never know. Mm. Yeah, which actually is kind of cool. Like, I mean, what, uh, we're, we're looking for oh, gosh, Clarion coming out? Like, who oh, the witch boy. Who would have thought he would get a book? Yeah. So. Yeah, um, you know, like I said, it's good, good in one hand and bad in the other, but... Yeah. They're also, I mean, story-wise, DC is hitting some really, really good stories, I think. And I'm really liking a lot of things that they're doing. And I, and I agree. And I'm like, you know, as as much as I said about Marvel, like, they do great stories, too, so. Hmm. There it is. I'm going to give it a D plus. It just, DC to me has become more of a gimmick than it is on solid stories. Um, I've dropped more DC books in the last year than I have Marvel, and I've added more Marvel. Um, I used to be, before the store opened, Marvel only. And then through you guys, I found DC books, and I loved the DC books prior to the New 52. And now it's just becoming a product instead of the thought behind the product. Um, There are still good writers, still good artists, but they're not as prevalent as they are over in Marvel right now. Because Marvel's hitting it out of the park in the big two, I think. DC is just selling uh, uh, lenticular covers, um, um, Villains Month, stuff like that. It just doesn't. It doesn't lend to my 
purchasing prowess, I guess you would say. And mm -hmm. I would rather put my money in Marvel, even though Marvel's got its problems. DC's got more on that side, I think. It seems like they don't know exactly what they want to do with this new 52, because they want to keep to the old fans and bring in the new, but they're losing more and more fans, I think, with the gimmicks that they throw out monthly. Yeah. I can see what you're saying there. I think that this yearly anniversary thing has got to end at some point. Well, yeah, they do kind of build it. They structure everything around that. Mm -hmm. And you know every September. And yeah. and month weekly books, it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, that's It's crazy. so ridiculous. It's, it, I can't, yeah. That's it's, it's hard. I think weekly books are a great thing for someone that would might only be getting one book. Oh, yeah. But for someone that's getting even two or three, it's tough to get mm -hmm. one every week. I can, I can I agree with that. Uh, hey, score it's like raid wise, you know I give them a B. Like their product is superior. Like you set a book next a Marvel book next to a DC book, and unless we're talking the five dollar Marvel book that month with the shiny glossy cover, uh, every book that they put out looks better. Every book, whether the gloss paper or not, because they put out two ninety nines without it, they put out two ninety nines with it, they put out. Three three dollar books with them. Every single book they put out looks better. You know, that's only a penny difference. Two ninety nine and three dollars. <laughs> oh well, three ninety nine. My, my bad. Two ninety nine and three ninety nine. That is that is that is my bad with the numbers. That penny. They do seem to be more consistent with their pricing. Well, it's not even a matter do, of that though. so much. They, do. they don't. They don't just throw this. Oh well, that's all of a sudden a buck more. Mm. Well, well, the way to fight that is if they want to do the whole Daredevil thing. Do ten more pages in the next book, and right. then keep the three ninety nine mark. People would still buy it. Superior right. Spider Man's another. Yeah, one. they just change the price. It's just marketing. It's the same size. That's all it is. Mm. Well, I'll give you that's marketing, and yeah, I, occasionally it is page count, but it, it depends on the book. And when you research it, and the book's the same book, same size, it is really annoying. Um, but as far as like the DC side of things, story wise, I don't, I don't see the same. Problems in the stories, like I think their stories are fairly, still fairly decent. I'll give you them. There may be a few them run longer. Um, as far as the weekly books are concerned, I'm pretty sure the weekly books are designed for trades, not for being made into trades, but for people who can't get their mind around the idea of reading a book that's not a trade. I need it all in one go. Well, if every single week you have new material to read that's part of the same story, it's the same as getting a trade. I'll give you, you have to wait the three days for the next book to come out. Let's say you pick your book up on Friday. Uh, man, you're going to have to wait till Wednesday for the next issue. Yeah, that's a hard time. <laughs> I think that's what they're designed for, really. Uh, will they last that way? God, I hope not. Man, it's not that the ones that they've been making aren't bad. And then the Batman, Batman uh, Eternal is freaking awesome. Like, it's been great. If it had been bad, oh my God, that thing would be so done. But it's good. A Future's End, good. I think uh, War Two or, or Earth Two War, uh, it has war in the title. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I think the what would have been really good with these weekly books mm. is going to sound kind of crazy, but go on. I think if they would make them the quality of a Marvel book and make them a dollar cheaper, it would yeah, it would be a lot better. That's true. So if if, any, if anybody from DC listens at all, um, yeah, knock the dollar off and let's get some crappy mo crappy mouse paper. You know the kind I'm talking about. It's most frustrating. <laughs> Mickey Mouse paper. If, if you're enjoying, even if you're enjoying the story, but you can't keep up with it. 
I mean, money-wise? I mean, financially, well, yeah, no. it's frustrating. It's but irritating. I, I can understand. And I'm not saying that the price point is the, the point behind it. And I, I think maybe maybe young Rosser hit the mm-hmm. nail on the head there. If you made a two ninety nine book like back in the 80s or the 90s and then gave it the mouse paper, unless it's just coming from one particular island the mouse owns, you should be able to do it too. And while we'll get a far degraded product... As long as the art in the book's still good, you would probably pick up a few more readers. I mean, really. Mm-hmm. If, it was, if it was cheaper, I can, I can think of four people in this room that would be picking them all up now. Mm-hmm. But, you well, know, it is what it is. And when, when those things started coming out, I'd be the first to say they scared the heck out of me. As a retailer, they're the scariest books in the store. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because as soon as one goes bad, that's every single copy for the next month yeah, going months. nowhere. Yeah. Two, three months. Three yeah, months, yeah. Three months of books. That's a lot of books. That's yeah. a lot of books, Ross. That's a lot of books. That's a lot of books. No, that's a lot of books. <laughs> You're a dork, man. <laughs> you know what I'm doing. Yeah. Don't, don't look at me like you don't know. Yeah. Yes. Good Lord, that's a lot of money. <laughs> how, is, how is yours better? How is yours better? I just said you're a dork. I didn't say you were oh, stupid. You can go to hell, sir. I will. All right. So uh, let's move on to another company. Image? Uh, yeah, what let's if, do Image. Mr. What Mike? If, what if well, we choose our own? Choose your own company? Independent company. Well, I you're going to get around that. Well, we'll cover image. You, I think you probably get more Image books than any of us here, I would think. Probably. So why don't you... You want to start with Image there, Curtis? I can, throw, I can. I'll throw in shit here and there. I'll get a... Honestly, I'll give it... Simply because it's not bogged down by continuity. I'll give it an A. Because you can pick up a story, you can pick up an eight-issue story... Not be bogged down by continuity. Be able to follow that story through one book. Well, even like, their ongoing stuff. Yeah, is, yeah, like Invincible. So good. But, I don't know. I like it that way. Well, no, I can understand. They have a lot of quality. I mean, and they're, they're qualities. But if it wasn't for Marvel, if it wasn't for DC, I wouldn't read Image. Well, yeah, it's understandable. They're the ones that started me reading comics. I, they're still where I like to be. Right. I still love superheroes. But I go over to Image, and I can cover superheroes. I can cover horror. I can cover whatever. Science fiction. Exactly. Whatever, yeah. Like Black Science. Oh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. my favorite book. Yeah. But I, ne- I never would have tried Image. It wasn't for these guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry about that. Well, no. I mean, just saying that I would have never given my independent stuff much of a thought. Right. And Who knows? And honestly, with... You know, with the way the industry is, without Marvel and DC, as much as these guys, you know, would like to say, oh, no, Image would carry itself... I don't think it would. Mm. I think people would finish their eight-part series and be like, "That was cool," and they'd go on vacation. And yeah, never well, come I think back. things are a little different now. I mean, well, I think people there there a lot of focus on image, and they're they're at that point where I hate. To I listen to a different surprised. podcast every once in a while to where they they talk about the numbers and image is usually right around ten percent of the market share. So not. Bigger than the rest of them, because the rest of them hover like Dark Horse and Boom around there. They, they hover around two to three percent. The people in Image, the writers, most of them have made their name in right. DC and Marvel. So That's if true. it wasn't for DC and Marvel, these guys may not have that shot in at Image. But at the same time, that's where DC and Marvel are pulling some of their talent have, from. Yeah, exactly. Also. Have so it's talent two-way from. street now. Because that's where Remender started. No, it was Dark Horse. That was Dark Horse. I think just on a fan basis, too, if you didn't have the people that were really into DC and Marvel, they're supporting those, their own books, they fell away, and you just had the people supporting Image. 
I think for the most part, a good portion of them wouldn't support it. Yeah, they, Image cannot survive on the three books that they have that are giant right now. No. They cannot survive on that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's it's a good thing they have those, but they have the underlying of the B books that, like Invincible and um, other books. Walking Dead. Walking Dead is huge, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. Saga's huge. Yeah. Um, Outcast is going to be big, I guess. I think so. It's I think it's going to take be. till the first trade, mm-hmm. and yeah. then and then people will be like, "Oh my God, have you heard of this new thing, mm-hmm. Outcast?" And I think they're putting out Is such that how they sound. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I think they're putting out such quality books every week that some of them get forgotten. Like Black Science, yeah. nobody talks about it, even though it's a fabulous book. Well, you know, as once again as a retailer, you know, it's, it's a scary thing because if you can't sell the book, you cannot sell the book. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like the other day. Dude comes in, never heard of it, but he's into some of their other stuff, and it makes perfect sense for him to read that book. Mm-hmm. Tell him about it. He orders first trade. It's like you're saying, some of the stuff gets lost in the shuffle. It may take a while before somebody comes in and asks for it, oh, yeah. because it's like, been out for a year. Well, it's just hard to know if the people are going to like the book before exactly. it comes out. And that's that's the big crutch that we run into. Is you know we were looking at Black Science and like, oh man, this looks pretty cool. Well. Who can we get it to? And we kind of make our decision or whatever. And then, you know, you get the people afterwards, oh, I read a review about Black Science. You have that book? Or they'll, like, look around and stumble around like like we would just have tons of copies of it because the review was really good. Well, we can't tell that. That's overhead. Yeah, we had to order it first. Yeah, yeah. It's all, it's all an estimate beforehand. But you kind of know Captain America. <laughs> I can sell these issues. Mm-hmm. Well, the, Batman, the, I can sell these issues. That's a crapshoot, really, on your end. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're taking a chance. As, as, as a store, yeah. But I think the, things have changed in the, in the market anyway because people follow this. They, they tend to follow now creators or artists, mm-hmm. and that's what a lot of where image comes in, too. And I, I'll, I'll admit I'm a creator follower. Yeah, but yeah, I still, I'm but I'm still gonna read the Mighty Avengers. You know what I mean? I'm still well, gonna it's read like that. Aquaman, still gonna read Aquaman. It's because yeah. it's Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Until I, until if if it ever got so bad I couldn't stand it, maybe I'll drop yeah. it. But it's right. Yeah. I can't not support Aquaman. But right. as far as image goes, I'll agree with your grade. I mean, it's and, and they it like uh, Lantern said. They always have something new coming mm-hmm. and something big, like witches. Yeah. Well, as a corporation, stand for my corporation side. Yeah, you know, I, I get A minus. Their product is 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 good. It's not quite DC's level of product. As far as creative teams, there's a lot of originality there. There's a lot of new stuff that comes out there. But it's the same problem with anything else. Like, you, you look and you say, oh, Captain America, I'm going to be able to understand what's going on here. Uh, but then you look at, uh, let's say, uh, Undertow. We all seem to like Undertow just fine. But an average person that's not used to reading a book looks at that thing and they're like, I don't understand what the hell this is. Yeah. And it uh, becomes a giant waste of time. It's just like anything else. I mean, like from the, like, like we were saying a minute ago, from the creator side of things, or not creator side, from the... the Retailer. Retailer side of things, thank you. Uh, it's, it's all a crapshoot regardless. I mean, it's like Amber Adams. I think Amber Adams is great. You know who didn't? Everybody else that comes here. Well, it's saying, like, we're, I, I, we're I on the inside. It. Okay, so me and Curtis liked it. We're on the inside track, though. I mean, a lot, the, a lot of your customers don't have the same 
they probably don't hang out here as much as we do. I don't, you well, no, you give us a heads up that, on a lot a of stuff, kind of so we thing. have a little more time. Well, we give them a heads up. Yeah, that's We're true, not too. in here that week thinking, oh, I'm going to get the biggest book in the world. No. But you and pretty much so, know what we're going to be interested in. Mm-hmm. Well, we, I mean, uh, as retailers, we try to follow what our what everybody comes here reads. I mean, even Mike and all all the all the guys from the from the LARP group, like we we try to pay attention to what people like and fill fill things out like that because that's what we do. And that's just how me and Rob have always done it. That's it's no different than sharing anything else you like. But you're still mm-hmm. in a bad spot. Well, yeah, that's you know well, you can't win that way. And then the and way then, you win is bottom line, bottom numbers. Every week I'm out of whatever it is you want. That's how you win. And then you get the books that are hard to market, like Wayward. Right. Who do you who do you market that to? You know what I mean. Yeah. You can't just market it to Buffy people because it's not it's not going to survive. No. The reason I picked up that book was because of Jim Zub, and I'm happy I did. Mm-hmm. So that's me book. being being a writer follower, but right. it's a good book. And I was happy. One of the people that we tried it on. Um, came in today and was really ecstatically happy with the book. So I'm glad that he took the chance. But, you know, for everyone who takes a chance, there's five people who go, and what's this? No. That, if it was, and I'll be honest, if it wasn't for Jim Zub writing that, I would not have picked it up. But now that he, now that I know what it's like, I like it a lot. Well, it's kind of like Black Science. I don't know that I would have. I mean, once I saw it, maybe. But maybe. if I didn't know, if I hadn't uh, tried Fear Agent or... Mm-hmm. Uncanny X Force, something you know, I might not have paid as much attention. Right. That's the Remender book, and right. same with Deadly Class. I love that book too. Well, but it's just just like any other title. That, I mean, everybody's going to have titles that fail, and I'll give him at least uh, when DC gets into it, they give it I don't know eight issues, and they realize it, it was a waste, and then they're out. And yeah, that does suck for the people that liked it. But now you go to the Image side of things, in the Image Camp, uh, you get to issue four, and it's not going anywhere. Generally, they wait a year and they try to start it again. And it's like, that part's super annoying, and they have number ones every single month. Every single month there's something new, which yeah. is awesome because you can find something no matter what you like. But every single month is a new number one. And that is one of the downsides of the way they do things, that they have so much coming out all the time. This is so it's easier for yes. things to get lost in the shuffle, or for people to drop off of, because oh, yeah. they're getting the new thing. And lost in the shuffle, I just remember Revival. Right. You know what awesome. I mean? And that's not even a top-tier book for him, but it sells like hotcakes. Right. That's the first indie book uh, I signed up for. Revival? <laughs> also really good. Um, but, yeah, I give them an A-. A minus. Uh, they're doing good, but they're not, you know. It, I, I don't think anybody's 100% perfect, but as far as, like, books are concerned, they fall in the middle category where they're not trying to have better materials, but they're not also forcing you to read 30 books that you don't read anyway. What I'd, I'd also heard some... Um, that expo, somebody did a, the whoever runs the show over there did a speech about huh. growth. He didn't want to grow too fast. Right. He just wants slow, steady. The image expo? Yeah. yeah. Okay. He I wants slow, steady that. growth. He doesn't want to push growth. He didn't want to push too hard. He wants to let it happen naturally. Right. And that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, it's easier said than done. But I mean, oh. well, it's, you know, he's not going to do all this marketing <laughs> BS. Right. To, to make it happen, he's gonna let it happen. Well, on but you, its own. you couldn't even if you wanted to. In right. All right, um, Rob. I hate it. I guess I have to be the bad guy because I I feel like I gotta rate them all the same. No, that's all right. Go ahead. So, I give him a C minus. Like I like a lot of the stuff that's coming out from them, but I like Marvel and DC a lot better. And I think for me, I like a big universe. I like characters that interact with each other. And Image doesn't give me a whole lot of that. I love a lot of the books they're putting out, 
I love a lot of their titles, but, you know, I, I just like the other ones better. Well, it's like the other day, we, you and me were talking, and you said something about how you how you preferred the idea of a world that works together, because otherwise you could have crapping rainbows, and somehow that's supposed to make sense. Well, like, like in a lot of indie books, you just accept anything, mm-hmm. because there's nothing to build it on. Where, like Marvel and DC... You, you mention anything, and you have to have, like, an ungodly amount of an explanation, or nobody will accept it. Right, that's true. You know? Like, the first Lantern shows up, and like, well, we have all this history, why didn't we never hear about this guy, blah, 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 blah. But you go over to, like, let's say Saga, you got people with robot heads that are computer screens, and no explanation at all, but yes, it's fine, because that's just how it is. It's a new new universe well, to people. As Mike mentioned earlier, it's everything is now you can get everything at the touch of your fingers um there's no explanation needed and people's attention spans aren't as long as they used to be right but i think with dc and marvel and people still demand it Mm -hmm. like like infinity i get all these demands well where were these builders all these years where are these things all these years but you know you go over to even like copperhead which was fantastic and we just go oh there was an android war and androids were banned sweet Move on. Mm-hmm. You know, we go into Future's End. Oh, there was an Earth 2 war. Well, what the hell? When did that happen? Oh, my God. We have to know everything about it. But, oh. Well, maybe because, because, that's, completely because fine. there's more fans of that. It's possible. It, I think that fans kind of know, too, that there probably was something mm-hmm. back there. Or they think there probably had to have been at some point. I, I think people just expect more from an ongoing, longer-run series where they just accept anything. From an indie, and yeah. sometimes that just frustrates the heck out of me. Well, them. and to to your point of the universe thing, um, I know it's not as big at all, mm. but like Invincible had the uh, Guardians of the Globe, and that failed miserably. You know what I mean? Because they had the capes, they had everything in that, but nobody wanted to follow that. They just want to follow Invincible, and that mm. fell by the wayside. Even though they had Best Tiger in there, who was who was awesome, the best character in Image, <laughs> I think, outside of Invincible. Mm. What about Science Dog? Science Dog's pretty badass, but he's kind of an offshoot for Invincible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so no, it's 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 good, and I like it, and I like your, I do like the big universe. I yeah. I do. It doesn't work for everybody. No, but, and you know. people just won't accept a superhero book that's not out of Marvel and DC as well. I I think that that's I think that's probably true. I think the other thing is though, Image was so big, writer artist, writer mm-hmm. artist. So book series like Youngblood. Wetworks, Bloodstrike, Cyberforce, Hunter Killer. When the creators left, most of those couldn't survive. I'm actually really surprised that Spawn survived. After I'm surprised Spawn's even there. Yeah, yeah, because that was what the whole su- the whole company was founded on. And then you have the little engine that could in the Savage Dragon. Yeah, which I know. But he's still I don't there. think anybody reads that here. Does no, anybody no, pull that no, book? In the- no, no one here yeah. reads it. But it's still going. Over yeah. 200 issues now. So. Yeah, and he was fighting for anything. Like, if he couldn't be an image, he'd be over here doing it in this other company. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, and you're probably right. Like, you know, it's it's an irritating thing because, you know, when, when they started the New 52, I was horrified that they threw everything out. Mm-hmm. I hated that we were starting over. But I really saw that there's a lot of fans that want the history but not the numbers. Mm-hmm. And that, that 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 restart actually brought Frankenstein into the forefront for me. This is true. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel the impact of the change because 
I really didn't read Frankenstein before there because we didn't have Frankenstein. No. But now we don't have Frankenstein again, although he is popping up in more books. You're getting nuts having just a little bit. Yeah. You can't have the book you love back again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they'll put out, like... Clarion yeah, or... Vibe or... Make sense. Well, well, but if they never did Frankenstein, you, know, you, you never know you liked it. Right. So, yeah. you know, you can crap on I Vive, still, but... I still want it back. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. I didn't go there. I was going to say Katana, but I couldn't remember the name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so good. Man. I, I think they've actually... I, I completely agree with Ross. I love that they're they're not afraid to put out weird mm -hmm. books. And they did take a chance on uh, Phantom Stranger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and Phantom Stranger uh, and is continuing. So they're all going into that one book. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe that'll lead to more. And I don't know. They are using the, the characters a lot of them. I don't know what happened to him, but in yeah. the Future's End book, I mean, you're seeing a lot of the canceled characters mm -hmm. in that book. Well, so. that was one of the things that I, I hated the most was that, you know, Justice League um, International, International mm -hmm. was like where all the characters that were dumped wound up, and it was actually really good still. And, you know, we, we know there was a politics thing about it being canceled, so. But they do have, uh, DC does have Infinity Man. Yeah. And the Forever People. So. Oh, right, yeah. And that's actually fairly good, but yeah. outside, let's get back to what we were talking about, right? I think we're going image with Mike. I agree with Curtis and A. Oh, we yeah, that's right. That's right. So actually, that. we're going image with Ross. I don't think I actually read any image books at this you don't point. Read any image books, Ross? But I do, I do, I like the individual stories. Did you not read Copperhead? Mm -hmm. Were you here for Copperhead? No. Nah. How were you not here for I Copperhead? Oh, right. He was sleeping. Right. Okay. He's one of those. He's on a job. Sleep is a good cop out, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like the individual story stuff, but I do think that that couldn't exist at all without a big company too. And I'll mention the sci-fi part of it too, because you get a lot more sci-fi and mm -hmm. image, and you don't have to have that backlog. That's true. And I, I do like. I really like the different kinds of genres that they're able to experiment with there, whether yeah. it be sci-fi or horror. And not have them try to connect or force a connection. Yeah. Well, I'll agree. I, I couldn't just read independent stuff. Yeah. I right. have to have my, like, Spider-Man, Guardians, Batman, you know, because it wouldn't be the same. I think it's a very symbiotic relationship where you have these new up-and-coming stuff that are being bought by people that would normally not read that. And then you have cool things where, like, DC or Marvel will pull those riders and stuff and start using them. And I think DC actually has a really good plan with that because they have Vertigo, and they're kind of using it both ways. See, hmm. but sometimes they don't know how to utilize those riders because they want them to be mainstream riders, but they've never had that uh, big type of editorial staff on top of them. And then they throw in the events. Like yeah. we were speaking about earlier. Oh, yeah. No, I would agree with that, And they too. get frustrated with that, and some of them leave those bigger companies to go back to Image, where they have more creator control. Um, but, again, like you said, it's a symbiotic relationship. You can't have one without the other. Exactly. Exactly. It's kind of like George Perez. Mm -hmm. His hands were tied on the Superman book. He got frustrated because he had all these constraints. Mm -hmm. And he could only, you know, he couldn't. there was no room for him to move. Yeah. yeah. I got tired of it. And he's a he's a big big name. I mean, he you know, he's probably treated a little better than that. <laughs> right. But he doesn't work for either one of them. Big two now. He's what is he? Boom now. Yep. Grading wise, I think I'd probably give it a C, too. 
Do I like to hear Ross? <laughs> what? Not, I mean, I'm just saying it bounces out to a B. Oh, Team yeah. effort. Team effort. We're at B for everybody. <laughs> so should we do IDW? Yes. Can I do IDW? Yeah. yeah that's why I thought IDW okay. was appropriate. Yeah, I would give IDW an A. Mainly because I think that they are really aiming for the people that like their properties. So I, I don't know. I've never really read an IDW independent book. But as far as, like, even between Transformers and G.I. Joe, and I love all this Cartoon Network stuff that they're doing. And I like that they're aiming it right for the people that like that stuff. They're not trying to sell it to someone that wouldn't read it. They're trying to sell it straight to the people that like it. Yeah, I see what you're saying. They do do a lot of property books, whether it be video game or whether it be D&D &D or Edward Scissorhands coming soon, everybody. Get on board with the boat there. It looks awesome. Or whether it be their horror novels or their horror stories or, you know, as far as, like, properties are concerned, yeah, they have their, they're what, I think, uh, for a long time, DC used to do, or not DC, Dark Horse used to be your video game slash movie books, and now it's more like IDW took that field, because Dark Horse still does properties too, but... IDW, the where where they land with the properties and like it's a different level. So like, IDW is a lighthearted, yeah, kind of property where they're more serious. I think I can give you that. Well, they do a mix. I mean, like Wobbly Under's IDW, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is that's, real, but that's content. that's creator owned. Yeah, right. We're, like we're talking about licensed properties, right. maybe. Okay. I like that they're really creative too with their licensed properties. Like for instance, we're getting. Planet of the Apes and Star Trek yeah, crossover. That's going to be which awesome. that's with Boom too. But and a couple of years or yeah, a couple of years or last year they did the Legion of Superheroes in Star Trek. Oh right, which yeah. is way cool. Yeah, the DC crossover. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty good. I like that. I mean, yeah. they I, did they did Star Trek and uh, Doctor um, Who. Doctor Who. Yeah, and now <laughs> we're getting this way awesome like Cartoon Network crossover thing between all their books. Right. We well, yeah, had the, the DC. The crossover with Star Trek and uh, Legion of Superheroes. Those Frank or uh, Jeff, Jeff Moy, a mm. uh, good friend of the shop, also actually. Mm. Should look up MoyBoyArt.com, I think it is, or Art Boy, Art Boy Moy, something like that. Anyway, um, look up Jeff Moy on Google. There you go. <laughs> does, I know, I know, he does a lot of commission work, so uh, he's awesome. He's, he's a amazing. good dude. I don't know yeah. why he doesn't have a book right now i'm surprised and i don't know if it is like a joe mad type thing where it's hard for him to keep on pace for but that legion of superheroes book was eight issues it is eight issues a monthly and i don't think we missed one no. month no not at all unless half of it was done prior to that and he worked the other half while it was in print it's possible I guess. we don't know that but yeah. he's a good dude i really yeah. i really enjoy his art yeah, he's, he's, he's down to earth he's a good guy. I, I, I mentioned a lot of crossovers but even when they're not crossovers like for instance samurai jack is exactly like the, the next part of the show yeah. that I'd want. Right, the way it continues forward from mm -hmm. what it was Who's writing before. that? Jim Zub. <laughs> <laughs> Which is amazing, really, when you think about it. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's a good point. But that's what I love about comics. He's also going to be writing that D&D uh, uh, &D Forgotten or, Realms book. Oh, right, right. Also IDW. It's going to be Minsk. Something like that. Boo and Minsk, yeah. Minsk, I think. It's going to be good. Boulder's Gate. Yeah. Gate. Right, Curtis. Good plugs for everything. <laughs> Want me to go IDW too? Yeah, well, sure. I'm going to give it a... I like Star Trek a lot. <laughs> right. And they do have some good creator-owned books. 
Um, we don't get enough Wild Blue Yonder. So good. I'm going to give it, damn, a C plus. I want to go higher, but I can't. I'm going to give it a C plus. Right. I enjoy I enjoy what they're doing. And I'm not I'm not like Ross. I don't like the Cartoon Network stuff that much. But once they show um, Johnny Bravo, I'm sold. <laughs> so I'm going to give it a C plus. All right. Um, I give it a B. They they have a lot of good creator owned stuff too. Uh, like like I said, I, I'm fairly interested in a whole bunch of other stuff that come out. I mean, the Lock and Key was great. Um, so they tap Joe Hill for stuff and. Yeah, Joe did the cape there. I believe yeah, it was IAW. Cape. Yeah. Cape with uh, Zach, Howard. Zach Howard, who's also awesome. Yes. And uh, as far as books are concerned, I mean, they've put out a lot of good properties. They they also did the uh, Half Past Danger, which was great. Oh, um, man, I forgot about that. Right? I'm going to go B minus. Okay. <laughs> it was good, right? So, I mean, as far as like titles coming out, property wise, material wise, they have a great product. I mean, it ranks in the same spot as where you would rank DC for the most part, because their books always have good covers, they always have good interior. As far as product's concerned, it's a far superior product. Rob? Uh, I have to go B. I really love what they've done with a lot of their products. They're always on time, they don't do a ton of crazy, you have to get everything to get these stories. Their G.I. Joe is incredible. I know I can't sell it here, but I love it the G.I. Joe stories and the Ghostbuster stuff has been fantastic along with all their Ninja Turtles stuff like they've just done a great job with their <laughs> speaking things. of crossovers right. Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles yeah. that's true that's true but uh, yeah I'd give them a B so. Mike? I'll give them a B minus I mean I don't, I don't do a whole lot of IDW but what I do do it's quality quality top high end stuff I mean right. look, look at their artist editions and this is the opposite. The books themselves, the floppies, are the opposite of what Marvel's doing. Oh right. yeah, Product on the wise. other far end, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, and their art, like their artist editions, that, that's a cool idea. Right. And they, they, like uh, Wild Beyond or mm-hmm. Half Past Danger, that kind of stuff. Like I said, I don't sure. do a whole lot. Like I don't do the Cartoon Network stuff or the GI Joe stuff, everything like that. Right. But what I, what I get from them is always top, top quality, and it's great stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. All right, let's mention a couple other companies, and we'll, we'll try to get through it a little quicker. So we can get Dynamite. Uh, Dynamite? Let's do Dynamite. Curtis, go. Um, I like the the Shadow. I like the old pulpy uh, heroes they brought back. Um, Justice Inc. is coming out. Um, they're trying with, like, Thunderbolt, Peter Cannon. They try. They try to bring those and make them relevant again, but they just don't have the readership they need. I'm going to give them a B. Um, I, really, I really enjoy what they're doing. Um... They're gonna uh, Battlestar Galactica is coming out. Right. Uh, Death of Apollo. Um, they have some top tier writers, but they just don't have uh, that niche. But they're trying, and I don't think they're ever gonna have that niche. I mean, they had Colin Bunn on a Shadow Story. You oh, don't get right. that a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ron Mars. They Mark, have some top Mark writers. On Green Hornet, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have some top writers, but it's just not. It's not hitting like it should. And I don't think it ever will, unless they start getting steam with other characters, or maybe do some more creator-owned stuff. Um, but I, I enjoy it. B. Mm-hmm. Product-wise, they make a good product. I'd say B also. They they put out some. They put out decent books. Yeah, yeah. You have the same problem where occasionally you hit an artist. It's terrible. Yeah. But it's not. It's not not the the norm. Um, but yeah, they're also a heavy property type company. So, but yeah, I'll give them a B. Just, just for the sheer quality of their books. I'm surprised enough. I'd give them a B as well. I really enjoy Dynamite. 
Uh, they get a little crazy with how many spinoffs they do, but other than that, they're a great, great company. Mike? Oh, I'll agree. The B. I mean, I, I don't I haven't read a whole lot of Dynamite stuff. The, uh, <clears throat> the occasional miniseries. Red Sonja, Miguel Simone was it's been awesome. Right. Um, it's been really, and the, and the books are high quality. So. It's true. I think they're going to have Shaft coming out. Yep. Yeah, it's true. Shaft's one bad mother. Can you dig Touch it? Touch your mouth. <laughs> All right. <laughs> It's like you're kind of both playing them, but not maybe not the same teams. <laughs> <sighs> Ross, I'd give it a B too. I, I like that they do the old sci-fi stuff, and and a lot like IDW. I feel like they aim right for the people that are that, that enjoy kind of that kind of thing. So yeah. that's awesome. Cool. Uh, Dark Horse. Yeah, we do like Dark Horse, Dark Horse? Vertigo. Dark Horse. Well, Vertigo is technically DC, so yeah. okay. Eh. Dark Horse Boom. We still have Boom and Dark Horse. Boom and Dark Horse. What about Red 5? We can do Red 5. Okay, Red 5 real quick. I give Red 5 an A. They make like three books and they're all awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I don't know what Red 5 is. Atomic Robo. Atomic Robo. Oh, okay. Red. We Kill That's Monsters. Good. We Kill Monsters, that was miniseries. They did Drone back in the day, drone is which is really good, surprisingly. Yeah. We could do a couple of them in a row, huh? Yeah, go. Okay, uh, Red 5, yeah, sure. It's good. I give it a C. I'll give it a C. Give it a B. Good job, Ross. A. That's what I like. Atomic Robos, you cannot beat him. <laughs> no, he awesome. fantastic. He's better than Deadpool. <laughs> and he's not saturated, so. He's it's not wet. A lot of water. very true. Occasionally, <laughs> he's, a, he's a giant robot. What about Boom? Well, not giant. He's a big robot. Boom, Mike, go. I'll give Boom. I mean, their, their quality is always good. Mm-hmm. And it's usually for me. It's been just miniseries stuff, right. um, like Polarity. I really enjoyed. It's one of right. Um, I, I give them a. I give them a B, because right. their qualities is it's top notch. And like they're bringing in George Perez, and mm-hmm. so they're 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 stepping it up. Yeah, they're probably. And then they also didn't they uh, purchase Arkea? Is that right? Yeah. Oh yeah. So I mean, yeah, they've that's got amazing. that. They're multi-layered. Cool. Roz. And give Boom a not applicable because I'm not sure what I would rate them at all. Okay. Did six Gun Gorilla. That's a gorilla, so that's a C at least. <laughs> did, you read Six Gun, didn't you? Didn't you read Six Gun? I think you read the first one. Okay. Oh, I guess that's Kaboom. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was Different. awesome. Guys, mm-hmm. um, I enjoy Boom. To me, they're a smaller image, except mm-hmm. more property based. Right. Um, I'll give them a C plus. All right. They have Jeff Stokely, so that's a Stokely's awesome. Yeah, C plus. Okay. Yeah, I agree. C plus. Cool. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I give them. I give them a C or B minus. B minus. They they put out good prop, pro, good product, good, good 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 material. I don't know. In general, they have some wild stuff out there. Like Polarity was wild. Um, all their Clay Barker stuff wild. So they had Incorruptible too. Oh yeah, Incorruptible. And uh-huh. that other one in. Indestructible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've heard oh, thing, good or, things about yeah. Evil Empire, and that, that's boom. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so. Yeah, they're, they're, they put they're, they're right out there. They're okay. out there. They're cool. Uh, Dark Horse? Rob? Uh, Dark Horse has been fantastic for years. They've really done a, a stellar job. I'd probably give them uh, I give them a B. I really like a lot of the stuff they're putting out, so. Cool. Is Mike? Even though the loss of the Star Wars franchise was a huge hit for them, I think they'll rebound well. They already got the Alien and Predator stuff going. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think they'll they'll be fine. Uh, I give them a B because their stuff, it's like some of the, the Hellboy stuff's been great. 
um, Conan stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a B. They're always high quality too. That's true. Roz? Same. I'd give them a B. Okay. Gerd? I like sci-fi, and that's where it's at right now. So. Fear agent. Yeah, I'll give them a, a B. Yeah, I follow the B too. I mean, they they do a lot of properties also, but as far as like books are concerned, they have a lot of new stuff coming out too. I mean, Kiss Me Satan, oh, yeah. um, the uh, B plus, the Grindhouse Drive-In stuff, yeah, like uh, Colder. Yeah, man, like oh, Colder. They have some oh, awesome, awesome about too. That. Awesome. Yeah. They, got, they got another uh, chapter of that coming up. It's going to be an awesome prequel. Too. Yeah. Oh, really? That's I guess so. In the previews. I'm in. The way it looks. Yeah, they they also put out a really good product too, just in general. Um. Let's see what else is there other than man. There's there's a lot of other that put out just like one. Well, there's Aspen, Amigo. Let's let's do let's do Aspen real quick. There's Round Robin, Aspen, Ross. Go. I'd give Aspen a B because they made an awesome cover once. (laughs) Yes. Once. Even though you didn't didn't get everything you ordered, but hey. Yeah. Well, Dave, 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 Dave's a friend of the show. Top two, Mr. Wall. That's true. So yeah. Man, Curtis. You brought up Dave. I, I was going to give him a D plus. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give him probably a C minus. Guilt trip, right because there. Because Dave's involved. All right. Um, he can't bring the company up, but they just they don't interest me. Right. And uh, I'll give him a C minus. Okay. Uh, I give him a B. Uh, they put out a lot of niche stuff too, and they do a bunch of miniseries. Rob, uh, I'd probably go ahead and give him a C. I, I know now something I never knew before, which is good for. That Dave had lined me in, because I, I used to be frustrated with uh, Fathom, because I try to be getting people into it, and I'm like, oh yeah, well this is the new series, and then you know you have to explain that there's been five or six other chapters, and now I know they basically put it out in chapters mm-hmm. rather right. than it just being an ongoing series, and so it isn't just that it starts and stops and starts and stops; it's it's meant to be that way, and that changed my whole perspective on how the company worked. So uh, I give him a C. Love Dave's work. Uh, hopefully we'll get another Legend of Shadow Clan. Mike? Just like Curtis, because of Dave, I'll give him a C-. minus. <laughs> all their stuff to me looks, well, other than Shadow Clan, it just looks the same to me. I mean, you pick up an Aspen, but quality's awesome. Oh, yeah, the books but itself just everything looks well. They have no the problem same. in their quality. But, yeah, there is a niche they fill, and then the niche is pretty ladies doing things with awesome powers, which is, I like a lot. So It's also <laughs> valiant. Oh, Valiant? Okay, Valiant, Curse, go. Uh, I'm going to give Valiant a C. C? Yeah, they started off really, really strong, but then they got that problem of being convoluted with uh, crossovers and stuff like that, but they still have Archer and Armstrong and Quantum and Woody, which are very strong books, yep. and Delinquents is just amazing, so I'll give right. them a C. Yeah, i give them a C+. Plus. Like they, they have a whole bunch of books that came out hitting pretty hard. Um, there's been a lot of fall off since then. I think a majority of that's because of the crossovers. Mm-hmm. Rob, uh, I go B minus. I still really enjoy what they're doing. I think they've done a tremendous job with the books. So we'll see where they move on to. Is Ross? I'd give it a C, and so does Mike. Mike gives a C also. Yeah, yeah. he had to C. step out. Oh, okay. He's sign language. They C. Couldn't see. <laughs> Maybe that was a Pat you think that was Pac-Man? Or I'm going to go get Maybe. a cheeseburger. Oh. <laughs> so cheeseburger does start with a C. Hopefully it brings back cheeseburgers forever, buddy. I hope so, too. I'm going to be upset. Man, that's going to be a disappointment. It's going to be the best. Oh, Xenoscope. What about Xenoscope? Xenoscope. Let's do Amigo first. Okay. Amigo. Your Amigo friend. is going to be an A+. That, that's just... It's, for, it's a small company from Spain, 
but they're putting out some amazing books. And it's also, so the, great. The product line is good too. Oh my too. gosh! Like yeah. the covers, the interior, all the all the work is great. And I'm guessing it's written in Spanish, and then having translated. to be translated. Mm -hmm. But you can't tell. No. It's so good. The art's amazing. Writer is El Torres in most of the books. A plus. I, I give them a B. That, but they are yeah, Rogue's great. Uh, yeah, they're they're oh, good. Okay, Rob. I was gonna say I'm unfamiliar with that Roman series, ritual but, too. But I know now because <laughs> because he says ropes. Oh right right. Uh, I I've enjoyed them a lot. And they're not they're not putting out a ton of stuff, so you know it makes it uh, makes it easy to get a good grade. Let's mm. go with B. Right. Ross B. All right. And that's what I like. That's what I like. I'm giving an honorary B. You know, I I don't know if Mike reads anything from Amigo. Yes. I don't think he does actually. They only put out like four books. Period. They're all great. They're gonna they're gonna have a book called uh, Creature Commandos or something. like yeah, that? Yeah, that's in the new catalog. Yeah, actually. it's gonna be stupid, but it's gonna be <laughs> awesome. And Ghost Wolf is really good from there too. Ghost Wolf, yeah, also miniseries. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Xenoscope. Rob. Oh, I can't give them a high rating because I, I don't. Yeah, like I'll I'll go. Curtis, I'll give him an F. <laughs> See, I knew that was gonna come from you. It's because you don't like what they do. F. I'll give him an F too. Well, yeah. you're just following suit because you're sitting next to him. No, I, I don't agree, agree though. Put, take, put your fist away. He's not gonna hit you. Well, he might hit you, but you don't hurt fist. that bad. Man, their pro their books are. Their covers are good. Their interior art's good. Hell, if Marvel was at that level of just product, they'd easily be an B. Plus plus A score. Mm, what's the writing like though? Like okay, well we we take the writing we throw it out the window. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and throw the writing out the window. And I'm, I'm gonna give them an F plus because they did fly, which was okay. <laughs> I I can't give them an F, but I definitely do like a D D minus. Like they do a lot of the things that most of us don't like about mm. ongoing comics. Lots of crossovers. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of start and stop series. Although Grim Fairy Tales, their, their big flagship one, has gone on and is very strong up to, what, it's 60s, 70s now? No, man. Oh, it's, it's past 100. God, past yeah, it's been going for a while. Yeah, but I, I'm not a fan of the company. I, I do like Robin Hood. <laughs> the the girl Robin Hood book, I like that one. I like how Rob's like the sympathetic teacher that they probably should fail, but he gives them a D anyways for effort. <laughs> and, I can't say they're putting out horrible books though. Like no, on, on the quality, I agree with that. Yeah, there's like Detective something or other. It was like the Hellcop that like every issue of it oh, had yeah. the books had pages in the wrong spot mm. <laughs> and reprinted things like that company. Yeah, because <laughs> they failed in every spot that they could. It had horrible lettering. The art was okay, but like every page was mixed up. Was that that Officer Down book? Uh, yeah, Officer Downey or something. Yeah. yeah, that was Image. And I don't, I don't know if they even, you know, I don't it was know Image. They... It was Image. In case, okay. case you wanted his Image. I don't know if they really reissued that to fix it or not. They did. But, yeah, they did. But you'd have to buy it again yeah. to fix the whole story. It was a nightmare. So what other? I prefer to think of something else. Uh, I don't actually remember what they do. I, I remember the company. Oh yeah, two fifteen eight. They do uh, enormous. And ice. Yeah. They do ice. I think that's uh, no, that's twelve gauge. That's twelve gauge. Twelve gauge does uh, ice, and they do uh, what? What was the one about the cowboy guy? What about the Boondock Saints? Boondock Saints also twelve gauge. Country ass whoop kicking or something like that. Country whoop ass. Oh yeah, that was them too. Country <laughs> whoop ass. That was a one shot. Country whoop ass was awesome. 
<laughs> but it's only one book, and it's all about trying to raise money for people who are down and out or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, good. Uh, I don't know. Twelve gauge. C. I'm gonna give everything else a C. Okay. Because uh, I can't remember. What I, th- they put I think out. the only other one that I'd really like to to mention is two thir- Archie. Well, oh. Archie and 213. 213 oh, yeah. does enormous, and they put out a good product too, and mm-hmm. the book's been awesome. That's true. So I a B across the board probably for that, but they only put out one book, enormous, and that's it. So Archie, Rob, go. Yeah, uh, Archie, I'd give probably a B. They've done a really good job of what they got, and you know, I mean, you think Archie, you think of course Archie, but they also do Sonic and Mega Man, and uh, what they for a while there they were doing some of the Disney Red Circle, stuff. And the Red Circle, mm-hmm. yeah. So like they've actually put out a lot we're of coming good back products. with that. Yeah, Red Circle. They got Fox. Circle. That's cool. Yeah, they have the Fox. It's mm-hmm. a good book. In, in terms of, I would say, growth, I'd give Archie an A. In terms of like all their products together, I'd say probably a C. But mm. Afterlife with Archie is way awesome, and like you would never expect it to be. Right. Yeah. And their stuff they're doing with Mega Man and Sonic is cool, too. And yeah. yeah. Other than that, though, I, I mean, I don't read really any of it. Right. But it all seems the same to me, so. Yeah, well, it's... Archie, so you yeah. like Archie or you don't. Yeah, I, I like a lot of the the sub stuff, but yeah, Afterlife of Archie seems like a book that some other company would make to spoof Archie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. And it's them, anyways. Yeah. So, that's I mean, cool. that's that's, that's actually really cool. Yeah, I give them a B also. Their product's a good product, and I, I'll give you, like like you said, they, as far as people that read Archie, they, I mean, they are out there because they still make the books. But as far as their Sonic, it's good. Mega Man, good. The Fox, awesome. <clears throat> and then the whole Afterlife with Archie and the Sabrina, great. I mean, Sabrina, is, we're getting ready to drop, but we saw some preview pages, and like, they look good. It fits. So, I, yeah, like, like like Rob said, it's product-wise, I, I'd say they're a B. Growth-wise, I'd give them an A, because, honestly, there's so many people asking about the Afterlife with Archie stuff that would never have even thought Archie books were anything they'd want at all. One of the other things I really, really like about those books is that they put old horror books in the back of them, too. Oh, right. Hmm. Which I don't know that if they're Archie-owned or if it's stuff that they bought just so they could put it in the back, but it's really cool to read, like, your crazy horror story and then read one from, like, whenever the old one came out, too. I'd give it a... Based on Afterlife with Archie, because that's the only book I read there, and Sabrina and their Red Circle, Dark Circle line, I'd give them probably a B... Yeah, I'd say the same thing. But growth, like you guys said, probably A. Yeah, just in general. I mean, they have made themselves way more prevalent than they were before. I mean, Archie's never really gone away, but at this point, there's a lot more people reading it. It's always been like the casual book that people buy at the grocery store, and now they've found a way to make themselves a book that comic book readers will buy and read. Yeah, they they took a chance doing that. Oh, for sure, yeah. And they they stuck their necks out there and it paid off big. Yeah, it's definitely awesome. What about Mike's score? For uh, Archie? Archie? I give him, a, like you said, an A for growth. I mean, that that, that took some nuts. It's true. I mean, to take Archie and, and they recently uh, did something else which you didn't figure they would do. Hmm. Like, well, they killed him. In the well, yeah, book. that's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, I mean, you know, they're, they're taking some chances and it's paying yeah. off for him. But, you know, yeah, it's all a B. It's, the only thing I've read is Afterlife with Archie. It's, what I read is awesome. Right. What, what about uh, Avatar? Avatar. Oh. Okay. Avatar. Rover, <laughs> Rover Red Charlie. Rover right. Red Charlie. Okay. 
So you want to score the company? Or you want to score one book? <laughs> now, now we're getting to the. It's like oh, Road Road Charlie is good, but everything else they put out is borderline gore porn. I'm gonna. I'd give it a C plus. Okay. Simply because they found that niche and people actually read that crap. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. They, they, made, they do put out a good product, and I'll give you. Not every book is that way. I mean. Every that's that's all right books. I mean, what's uh what's the, I tried the Uber. blue guy? I tried Uber, Uber was, which was over the top gory. I mean, it's interesting. It was a cool story, well, but yeah, it was really gory. I tried Ferrell's. Ferrell's, yeah. Up until issue twelve, I think it was. Yeah. And then it went downhill bad. I mean, it was going downhill by issue two, but it went downhill <laughs> bad at issue twelve. <laughs> the it, art was great. It's not it's not my cup of tea, but they right. found that niche. They do crossed also, don't they? Yeah. yeah. I've never read it, but no. I know I'm sure I think it's, a lot of people Barry do. likes it. See, and Justin Jordan's going to have a book coming out from them, so. Yeah. What was uh, it called? Dark Ages or something? Yeah, something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. That was, what was the other bigger one? They had Uber, and there was another one that. I mean, Cross is their biggest thing. Uber it was in there. Oh, uh, God is Dead. Is that yeah. one? God is Dead is a pretty I tried big that. one, I guess. It was okay. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I gave Caliban, which I, I we have one guy reading that, and I don't know anything about the book. They, they said it's like Vent Horizon, but more horror. Huh, okay. Well, I can see why I like it then. The style of story is cool. Anyway, yeah, I, I don't know. It's I give him a C. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Like, for me, it's like Xenoscope. I give it a D-. minus. Uh, it's not garbage, because it's just not, but it's not anything that I want anything to do with. I'm in the same boat. So D- minus as well. We're in the D- minus boat. The minus boat. All right. It means we have one war. <laughs> We're going constantly in circles. <laughs> it's got like a beaver on the war. So like constantly eating it while you try to row. Yeah, but you kind of get a little bit of movement because it like whips its tail and it moves a little. <laughs> Pretty sure you get chaos from that. Dude. You just go everywhere. Wow. I guess uh, this has been the Tan Lantern episode, huh? Yeah. Uh, that's good. That's a good set of questions, man. It's been fun. Um, yeah, I think uh, we'll cut it off there. I mean, if there's a company we missed. That, that I'm sure there is that anybody really cares to hear an opinion on. Who puts out Zombie then, Tramp? Oh, Fanographics? Yeah. Wasn't it? I don't remember if it's Fanographics or not. Maybe. Well, whoever does. <laughs> just because it caught my kid, my yeah. older kid reading books, I'll give him a B. <laughs> <laughs> they put out a good. They put out a decent product too. Whoever put ones. out Enormous. That's that's three. That's that's two thirteen. We talked about them. Is that okay. a, I think it's a Silent Press. No. That does which one? Zombie Tramp. Oh, oh maybe. maybe. I think yeah. it's a who Silent does, Who does, uh, what's the, uh, Dawn. girl? Dawn, yeah. Fearless Dawn? Yeah. I Asylum? Think that's, yeah, Asylum. So Asylum Press would oh, be the B. company you're talking about, B? Got my, okay. Well, he's older, but he, he's reading books now because of that. So. Oh, hang on. Who's putting out, uh, Action Lab, man? How do we forget? Oh, oh my God. God. Oh, yeah. Skyward yeah, and Midnight yeah, Tiger. Yeah, man. Action Lab. Uh, B+. Plus. Yep. Rob? Yeah, I'd give it a solid B. I'm really looking forward to Midnight Tiger and, um... Where, where they're going to go with... Uh, Stray. 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 Damn. Can't think of anything. Here or, yeah, so score was? Uh, B. Okay, so good. B. Mike? B plus. Skyward's awesome. And yeah. Tiger's good, yeah. Okay. Ross? E. Good job, Ross. He gives the answers I like. Curtis? For growth. They were hovering, and they jumped yeah. big time. I'm going to give them an A. That's, yeah, and they've got quality. quality. That, that yeah. double jumpers was okay. It was all right. But it's gone up. Yeah. I don't know why they have to go through Action Lab, you know what I mean? Right. Or Danger Zone or whatever they call it. Yeah. Just put it all under the same damn title and call it oh. Action Lab. 
I, I think it's it's for the it's mature, the mature but side, it yeah. just doesn't make sense to me because the dog is cool, and why take the dog away? <laughs> I'm gonna give him an A. Yeah. All right, they, they they do put out good. Their products are all, all real good products. My rating just went up because of the logo because I remember the it. dog with the rocket pack. <laughs> yep. Yep. Awesome. He's action lab, dude. <laughs> Set for action. I never thought of that. That's a Labrador yeah. action lab. Oh, yeah. my God. I never you put that know? together. <laughs> no, Seriously? I just thought it was like a lab where they do action. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> hey, see? Oh, my God. The dog has goggles and a rocket pack. How am I the only yep. one that saw that? No, I, I saw that, too. Okay, okay. I didn't get it. I just put it together talking. <laughs> hey. Awesome. Hey. hey okay, so way. action lab, everybody, B or A scores. Good stuff. Okay, we can, we can keep going and finding more. There, well, there, that's what the, yeah, there's the, an infinite amount of copies. Uh, yeah. so, okay, let's burn through this Red Lantern real quick. Rob, go. All right. First of all, love Red Lantern. Uh, basically, what we have in the jump forward is that Gardner has already become a Blue Lantern, and he's hunting down all of the Red Lanterns that remain with Belize. He's recultivated Yavin. Yasmol. Yasmol. Okay, Yavin is Star Wars. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's recultivated Yasmol into like an inhabited area, and there's like a little town over there. What we find out pretty quickly is that he's taking care of all the Red Lanterns and freeing them from the Red Ring. And Bleez is now wearing all of the Red Rings on her shattered wings. Looks freaking crazy. And basically, like, Gardner is kind of going, like, oh, these guys all have a chance again. They can start their lives over. And Belize keeps kind of going, like, are you sure that they can? Are you sure that they can? Because I think she thinks she's so far gone that there's no way she can be redeemed. And they always talk about how they're going to go after this other person. Well, pretty quickly, you know, if you've been reading the book anyways, you know, she always ha she had a thing with Rancor. Rancor has set himself up as basically, like, a king who now deals with people's issues for money or some kind of promise. And uh, people kind of seek justice from him and then find out that his justice is just rage. He's going to burn everything. And he set himself up his own, like, English castle in space and calls himself the Red King. And he's wearing a chainmail armor that is just rings. Red from, rings. Awesome. from all the other Red Lanterns that yeah. were defeated. Guy, guy basically convinces... Well, he's been going on this whole quest, and these are the last two Red Lanterns, is Bleez and Rancor. And Belize believes he's going to have to kill Rancor to get the rings. Well, when Guy and him kind of face off, they have a little bit of a fight, and he's basically like, well, listen to these 20 words, and these 20 words will change who you are. And when he says them, like, they're all muted out. We don't really get to read them. But, yeah, as soon as he says them, the rings leave him, and they all go on to Belize. And for a minute, we think Belize might be too much. And she's basically screaming at Guy, like, let me kill him, and then you can kill me, and that's how it works. That was the promise. And he's like, well, let me try these 20 words on you first. And he basically tells her that every time that they put on the ring, they get a vision of the future that will allow them to see hope. The blue ring. Yeah, the blue ring. And that in his vision of the future, he saw them together, and that he seen that he could bring hope to the Red Lanterns, and he could eradicate the Red Lanterns. And it's enough to let her have hope kind of come into her and let the rings leave her. And so he's, he's able to bring it all together. And so I think in the end, she's like, well, what happens from here? And he's like, well, I don't know. But the universe has a lot more hope in it. But we also reveal in there that Guy's gone around and he has all the necklaces on a, 
all the rings on her uh, necklace. Um, yeah, and what he's found out is that out of all of the rings, hope was what got him through all of them. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's where he should have been to begin with. Killer episode, I love it. Five, I'd say five stars. I really, really enjoyed the book. <laughs> so, like, I'll give it a four. It's a really good story. Yeah, Ross? Give it a five to you. I'd say the best Future's End book I've read yet. I blew me away. Guy Gardner is the best Blue Lantern I've ever read. <laughs> right? It's kind of funny. <laughs> I love Sate Walker, but Guy Gardner has always been one of my favorites. And as yeah. a Blue Lantern? Oh. Mike? Or er, Curtis? <laughs> Guy's my favorite Green Lantern, Red Lantern, and now Blue Lantern. <laughs> so I'll give it a five. I, I liked when it came to love... And compassion, he was like, yeah, it was a weird couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, I'll give it, I'll give it a five. Also, like, it was, it was a fantastic book. The art's great. It, it, it story-wise, it's really, really well put together, and it's, yeah, it's, it's great. It's an awesome issue. Like, yeah, it's great. Really fitting in for guy, I feel like. Too. You know, for being this weird futures in thing, yeah, man, it makes me wonder if, if we're not ever really going to get there. That's really disappointing because <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it's the only Futures End book that I thought, I wouldn't mind seeing this. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Well, if this exactly. Is, if this is where Charles was heading, it's a great place to head. But I feel like it's kind of like what we saw at the very end of uh, Flashpoint, or right before we went to New 52, and they were playing with all the rings in the Bat family. Mm-hmm. Like, that was so exciting to me. I was so sad that we never got to see it. Yeah. And he did, Guy did something that Kyle couldn't, and that's keep control of all those rings. Right. So, that's pretty. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely an awesome book. Uh, all right, let's do uh, Guardians of the Galaxy nineteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, this was like the story that I wanted to see for a while now. Oh, definitely. It's Star Lord, Nova, Drax, and Thanos. How they got out of the Cancerverse. All right. Uh, so this is the second part of that story. So we begin things already in motion. Basically, Gamera has Pete tied up in some kind of storage room, and she's trying to figure out how they made it back from the uh, the Cancerverse. She thinks that they he that Pete sold them all out. I'm sorry, Star Lord, for those of you who aren't on a first name basis with Pete, yeah, Mr. 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 Quill. Um, she thinks that he sold them out to Thanos to save his own skin. All right, as the story really gets going. Um, Star-Lord is grappling with using the Cosmic Cube, trying to destroy Thanos on the Cancerverse side. He's still kind of committed to this whole idea that they went out in a blaze of glory and keeping Thanos out of our reality was the right thing to do. And in the end, the Cube's trying to destroy him. He turns it around to blast Thanos and blows him to smithereens, the skeletal dust. Yeah. And everybody's kind of like, damn, I wish I had a camera. That would have been awesome to record that. No more than a couple minutes after that, Thanos appears behind him completely naked and punches through Pete. Oh, yeah, it's gross. Like, possibly... Insane. Yeah. Um, I don't remember who grabbed the cube after that point, but Thanos doesn't get his hands on it. But we hear screaming over a dune when we take off to find there is Pete, mm-hmm. completely naked, reborn. And so we kind of quickly find out that in the Cancerverse side, they're not meant to be there. In the Cancerverse universe death doesn't exist mm-hmm. so they're not allowed to die somehow it's bringing them back and of course that leads more to thanos being like well i can use the Cube to get us out of here 
And I, it's Drax who picks it up. And yeah. Drax asked him if it hurt him when he died. And, of course, Thanos was like, well, yeah, it hurt. And so he, like, smashes it against his forehead and kills him again. Well, as they're trying to figure out what to do and whether they can escape from this world, and now what, what do we do with an immortal Thanos? Um, we see the Cancerverse version of the Justice League show up. Or, I'm sorry, the Avengers, Avengers show up. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> it's good. Um, they decide that they want the Cosmic Cube. Now, we still have no idea whether the Cosmic Cube will work properly. It's not their Cosmic Cube. It shouldn't be in this reality. But this begins a battle that lasts hours and hours and hours. Because neither side can go anywhere. Neither side can be killed. Neither side can really be completely taken out. Right. And uh, in the end, out of all the melee craziness that happens, the uh, Dark Avengers almost get the cube... And Nova winds up saving it just to get his arm completely cut off by Dark Cap's shield. And at the very end of the book, we see the Avengers with it. So these so, Dark Avengers have claimed the Cosmic Cube. And I think actually they're called the Revengers. Yeah, they're the, Re- they're the Revengers. So that's awesome. Yeah, but like, holy cow! It's so crazy. I I kind of thought that this would be. We were going to get the whole explanation in this issue, but damn, you know, it's quick. Like, like I'm really excited to see this next book, and I have no idea where we're going to go. So, bravo! I give it. Oh gosh, I've been wanting this story for a long time. I'm going to give it a five too. Mr. Mike, it's awesome. I give it a give it a four and a half. Hmm? Ross, I'd give it a four and a half as well. All right. Kurt? 4.5 because it doesn't conclude the whole story. Right, I, I can agree with that. 4.5. It was really good. The cover is awesome. The whole Peter Quill being ripped in part, and basically, we basically see all of them die, Saber, Ryder, and Than, or Ryder and Drax, and just come back. So, yeah, bravo. And it awesome. is Ed McGinnis. Yeah, so it looks great. God. Well, and I love that they ask all these crazy questions, like, you know, if somebody loses an arm and they die, do they come back with that arm? Mm-hmm. If I starve to death, what happens? Do I just come back starving? How long before I lose my mind? You know, we world? start fighting each other. Yeah, that I, you know, can we eat? Can we drink here? How how are we going to survive this? Right. I love it. It's really well thought out, but I I think this is. I think it's going to be held over to make it five. But we'll see. Well, you have one or two more issues to f- figure it out. Because even at this point now, they have to deal with, deal with the Dark Avengers, the Re- the Revengers, as it was. Yeah. So. Well, this is a bit. This is a story a long time in the making. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. I'm I'm glad they did it. I mm. kind of thought that this was like lost in the history of oh, don't remember that this happened. Gloss over it. You know. So I'm I'm glad they're doing the story. All right, let's move on to Samurai Jack. Sweet Ross. Yeah, uh, like I was saying earlier, this is awesome because it feels just like a continuation of the cartoon to me. Um, we start right off the bat and find out that Jack's sword is broken, which we found out in the issue earlier. And if you know Samurai Jack at all, you know that the sword is the only thing that can kill Aku. Like, nothing else can do anything to him. Um, and Aku knows that. Yeah. And he, he explains in the story that Aku has gone so long fearing that sword that as soon as it breaks, he can sense its disappearance. And so the story goes on, and uh, 
as soon as uh as soon as it breaks he puts up a huge bounty for jack so that everyone is out to get him because now nothing can stop Aku, so he's just going to take out jack for the fun of it um a lot of really cool parts in it uh as soon as he gets approached by a covered wagon and uh the guy that's driving it pulls out a gun and it's got this awesome scene where Jack takes the gun and he, he like points it at him. And you're like, "Holy cow! Did like did they break Jack?" And he finally like like go down, and he breaks the gun on the guy. Um, Nothing personally says right. Yeah, like yeah, because that. that's the the driver when he pulls up and pulls the gun on him. He's like nothing personal. Mm-hmm. Um, we have an end with kind of a flashback back to when Jack got the sword. The book in general is a lot of action, way more action than dialogue or anything. Right. Um, so just getting to see the pictures would give people a lot better. Well, right, it's more of an action of issue book. than it is a story mm. issue. But we do get a cool flashback. Yeah. Yeah. Evidently, he got the sword from his. It was his dad's sword. His dad's dad. Mm. And he found the sword when he went back to his mom's place. Correct. Mm. Okay. Yeah, and that's actually a flashback to the very start of the Samurai Jack cartoon. Okay. Um. Really quick, a couple of cool things in there is the covered wagons being pulled by the horses that we saw at the start of Samurai Jack 2. It's kind of cool. And then there's this uh, milk carton ad for how to, for Jack's bounty. And it shows Eku as a cow on the side of it. <laughs> yep, with udders and everything. Yep, and the, the phone number is 1 800 Eku UUUU. Eku! God. Yeah, funny. Uh, Score-wise, I'd give it a four. I, I thought it was great. Cool. Great. I like Samurai Jack. Been keeping up with it. I'll give it a 3.5. Jim's up. Right. Plug, plug. <laughs> All right, I'll give it a three also. Rob? Uh, I also give it a 3.5. I don't know what we're going to do with Nose Magic Sword, so... Yeah. Want to see. Ms. Mike? 3.5. All right. Pretty good across the board. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to Roach Limit. Yeah. All right. We can do that. Roach Limit's written by uh, uh, Mike Morrissey and uh, drawn by Vic Malhorta or Malhortra. So uh, we open up its prologue. Uh, the Roach Limit is actually kind of like a supernova star kind of thing. Um, it's elliptical, though, and it acts like a black hole, but it doesn't consume all the matter that's around it. Um, uh, there's a, been a planet that's been uh, colonized by this guy named, uh, uh, what's his name, Langford Scargrid, and he created this as, a, as a, a way for people to cut loose and then get away from Earth, but it's turned into the seedy kind of like Las Vegas type place. So we see this uh, lady going out on this, uh, I don't know, space ferry, I guess, and she's, tr- she's in a cell, and uh she gets put into the spacesuit and she gets uh, connected to, uh, like, with a hose in the back. Right. And she gets thrown out of the spaceship and uh, kind of, like, launched into the Roche limit. It's which weird. Is, yeah, which is what that's called. Yeah. Okay. So then we find out that the colony is uh, built on a uh, planet called Deceptor or De- De- something. Dispider. And it's got the rough, roughly the size of India, surface area the size of India. But there's a mineral that's used to make a drug called Recall. So um, we cut to, sorry, it's been a minute. So we cut to this lady trying to find, she has a picture of this girl that was in that spaceship. 
she's trying to find her going throughout all these seedy places. She goes to a bar asking for him, and uh, this guy stands up and says, Mr. Moscow wants to talk with you. Um, so the other guy that was sitting at the bar beside her gets up and says, he wants a word with her. What would that word be? And uh, he goes on to try to save this lady by uh, um, um, spiking this guy's drink with this drug called recall and hallucinogens. And uh, we see that this uh, drug causes this kid to go into some vision of his. And uh, he's running up to his mom in her hallway in a house, and she's cutting off her fingers. It's jacked up. And she turns into this, like, skull, and she says, the black sun. So then we cut to uh, Alex and uh, uh, the girl's sister who's trying to find her. Right. And they're in her, or they're in his uh, apartment area. And, she, and he says, I can help you find her, but we need to leave now because Mr. Moscow is on your tail. And Mr. Moscow doesn't want people uh, asking about where these missing women have gone. Right. So evidently we find out that there's been more than one of these. And we cut to two ladies in a club who I assume is like a strip club. That's the way it looks. Where this girl goes missing. And uh, and one of them tells somebody to get to tie up the other one, uh, to tie up a guy named, I uh, can't remember his name, but to interrogate him and, right. see if she, and see if he knows where these girls have gone. Um, they interrogate him, and they don't know, or he doesn't know where these girls have gone. Right. But uh, the ladies find out that he has a previous history of assault and other things on females, and she just says, kill him. So then we, we flash back to uh, uh, Alex and uh, the lady's sister, and they're still talking about um, where her sister is, and uh, he, we find out that his brother has been killed as well. In the, in, in the past, and he's trying to make amends with that. So um, they leave his apartment, and they run into, I believe I believe it's Mr. Moscow. I think so. And uh, Alex is there, and he's sitting by this uh, um, downpipe, and he hits it with the elbow when he's being approached. So this guy's actually looking for how to make this uh, recall drug from Alex. And Alex is like, okay, I can give you that. If that's all you want, you'll let us go. And uh, he approaches him and he says, okay, I'll give you this, and you'll, you'll, you'll see it. And he writes something down on a piece of paper, folds it up, hands it to him, and obviously he steps back, and all the paper says is boom. And the guy's like, what are you doing? And Alex lights a lighter and throws it where that bent pipe was. Evidently it was gas. Causes a giant explosion. Yeah, it's pretty smart actually. When I first when he first did it, I'm like, oh, I don't understand what's happening, or why he broke the pipe. But yeah, it's to set the guy up to basically incinerate him. It's kind of like the first issue of Moon Knight where he walks into the room and just, oh right, yeah, you know what I mean. Would you say that's kung fu treachery? That's kung fu I would treachery. Say it's kung fu treachery. I broke that pipe before you even got here. <laughs> so they start running away, and she breaks open this car to get away, and they jump in, and this guy jumps up, and it's not Mr. Moscow. He's calling for Mr. Moscow. So then we see this lady's, we flash to uh, this other, uh, the girl who we're missing, who was just thrown from the roach limit, and they said she'll never be the same, or if you return, it'll be the death from us all. So we're not certain at what time frame this goes to. But they're walking through, like, this caged area, and uh, there's another lady that's been caged up, and uh, they're talking about... Um, So this is going to be where these girls have gone. 
And uh, then we flash to the end where there's like this glowing egg type thing in a crater, and there's two people around it. And uh, the one guy says, I don't, the, the girl that's sitting up above says, what is this? And the guy at the bottom around the egg says, I don't know, but I'm guessing it's worth something to someone. So we don't even have any idea what this egg is. And that's where it ends off. So we find out, we know where the girl's at. We know that uh, her sister's looking for her and running around with this guy who's trying to help her, but he's a drug dealer, evidently. Seems to be like, uh, yeah, maybe he's a, uh, I don't know if he started out as a drug dealer or not, but yeah, he definitely has a bunch of secrets that we don't really know what's going on. And he's deeper into it than yeah. on the surface area. At least the way it looks. I mean, because he definitely helps her in the bar, like, because he already knows the lay of the land or whatever. And she's basically getting ready to be taken off by the same people that took her sister, we think. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's basically mystery. Like, a mystery they, in space kind of. Yeah, they describe it as a sci-fi noir kind of thing. Yeah, okay, And that's what it that. kind of feels like. Yeah. It kind of also reminds me of San Hannibal. Well, okay, a I can little see bit. Piece, pieces of it like that, yeah. So, the searching and whatnot. Yeah. It's a good book. I can see part of that. Uh, Scorecarders? I'm going to give it a 3.5. Not the best first issue, um, but it's a good setup for the next one, and I think the next one is going to be really good. All right. Yeah, I, you know, I give it a 3 also. I mean, the art style for it's pretty cool. It's an inter- interesting setup. Um, it reminds me of a couple other books that have come out from Image, but I, again, like like you said, it's a, it's a matter of getting to the next step. So, Rob? I, I go with 3.5. It looks like it has a lot of, like, Kind of in-depth sciencey stuff that mm-hmm. it throws at you, which I kind of like about it. So, Mr. Mike, I give it a three. Hey, Ross, I like the sci-fi parts too. I'd give it a three. I like the note he gives him with the explosion on. Yeah, it's yeah, freaking hilarious. Yeah, it's, yeah, just kung fu treachery. Kung fu treachery, man. From the yeah, awesome. All right, uh, so let's move to Booster Gold, mm-hmm. number one, Future's End. Booster Gold's a little bit of a tricky story because it has a lot of just, like, kind of inside things for Booster Gold fans. So, its overall impact, I don't know. But, I, th- I think it's negligible, really. Yeah, but its its connection for Booster Gold mm-hmm. is actually really cool. And I think this is going to be more tied to, fut- er, to Multiverse than it really is to Future's End. So... We see Booster, like, pop up in Old Gotham, and uh, at first you kind of start thinking, oh, okay, well, this is during the whole Jonah Hex storyline, but he's got the wrong costume on. He's got this kind of more armored costume, and he's got a version of the Argus logo, the Argus logo but it's not the same, and the Argus logo words are wrong. But um, pretty quickly we find out that this isn't even the Old West that we knew. It's Old Gotham, but... It looks like steampunk Batman that comes jumping down to try mm-hmm. to hate, save him. Gotham by Gaslight. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say it, it's Gotham by Gaslight, Go- Batman. Yeah. So he's quickly <laughs> finding out that he's hey, not words just... are hard sometimes. <laughs> Go on. He's not just bouncing through time, but he's bouncing through realities. And an important thing that comes up for Booster Gold fans is that he mentions Rip Hunter several times, and he mentions Breakpoint. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, from there, we kind of flash to a future where he's kind of being, like, tortured for answers inside of a cylinder. And he's kind of, like, trying to get his way out of that. And this is the current booster that we're seeing. And these uh, aliens, evidently, or whatever they are, are trying to find out 
the location of... Is it Breakpoint? I can't remember. I think it's Breakpoint, if I remember right. The the final spot in time. But uh, this this funky new Booster Gold in the armor from the the, uh, gas plant world actually winds up showing up at the very tail end of Justice League um, International. And we see him seeing himself be, like, smashed into the wall. And we see him seeing um, Omax sending away the Blue Beetle to where he throws up in Green Lantern um, Threshold. And we see him, like, stop Omax and actually pull it away from the human host. And whenever he gets ripped through time again, we see that it affects Booster Gold. And so this is where Booster disappeared to. And we have this whole little extra moment that was at the end of uh, Just League International, yeah. For why probably Booster's been lost in time. And then we kind of jump in the front here and, and go to the Legion of Superheroes time. But it's not the current Legion of Superheroes. This is like the old universe. This is pre... You think well, it's even pre-Crisis. Um, yeah. Just League. Or, um, I'm sorry, Legion. Legion of Superheroes. So, like, he's beyond universes that have seemed to be gone, you know, well before this point. And he kind of battles for a minute against the Velocita there, and then he gets pulled into another parallel reality where we see Hub City, and we see the original Captain Adam. And then, you know, kind of in the background, if you look, you can see Blue Beetle show up before he gets yanked through time again. Charlton Comics, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he gets thrown into the far future with Commandy, with all the animal people. And the lion people, yeah. And the lion, yeah. The gorillas and the lions. And we kind of have a moment where he faces off against them, and then Commandy shows up and like, takes off with his own little thing. And we finally catch back up with our booster, who's still being tortured by these alien races trying to figure out where Breakpoint is. Vanishing Point. Vanishing Point, yes. Trying to figure out where Vanishing Point is. And of course he's like telling them that he's not going to ever give them the information that they want. From there we see this booster kind of show back up in a, in a Gotham, or no, a Metropolis, that he thinks is his own, where he runs across his sister, once again, who's not been a part of the New 52 yet. Gold Star. Yeah. Reunion? Yes, a reunion with her, just to find out that she's not the the Michelle that he knew, and that this isn't his reality. And she mentions he looks older. Yeah. And as much as he's kind of like, oh, I want to stay here, like he knows that it's not the right place for him. And then they both get pulled along his jumping through time to where our current Booster is being tortured. And Booster and Booster kind of talk a bit about uh, what's going on, and like he's deciding he's going to free him. And as soon as he starts to unhook him from the wall, it kind of shocks Booster. And of course, you know, they're continuing to threaten them about how they're going to find Vanishing Point. And if he won't tell them, then uh, instead they'll hook up his sister and they'll kill her to force him to tell them where it's at. And kind of at the very end of it, we see him like almost giving in, telling him that he's going to take him to Vanishing Point. And they promise that they're going to continue in Future's End. But for me, like one of the cool things for this is that these are all realities that don't exist anymore. And we haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. Now we knew, if you're, if you're following the Legion of Superheroes, that it was thought that all the different versions of the Legion of Superheroes that had been eradicated by time changes, 
still existed somewhere in a different version of reality, and some of them had bled through. But things like Commandy and the Charleston universe and stuff, these are all things that like we haven't even seen yet, and now we know that they exist continuing in the New 52 storyline. So this could be a beginning look at that next big story arc thing, it could be a connection to multiversity, because it's, I think it's multiverse that has Booster and Blue Beetle. No, it's going to be Justice League 3000. Is that oh, what? yeah, oh, yeah. No, that's right. Yeah. yeah. That hasn't come out yet, but they've teased it for us. Yeah, I think it's in the the new catalog, mm. if I remember right. So, yeah. Like, I, as much as it's kind of negligible for Future's End, for, like, a Booster Gold fan, this is really cool, and I love that it's so many different kind of inside realities. And so for me, like, being connected to DC in the way I have with Booster, I thought it was great to see all these realities again. So I'd give it a three, just because it's it's really a neat take for Booster. But... Mr. Mike? I'll give it a three. I'm not real up on some of the older universe stuff that is tied to this. Uh, yeah. to a lot of the stuff that happens, so... Yeah, we, we were talking a little bit earlier, and uh, that was one of the things that I, I remember we, we were talking about was, like, if, if you didn't really know a lot of the DC stuff, like, a lot of these things were, like, inside jokes that didn't make any sense. So. And you wouldn't care if you didn't know. Right. Yeah. So I didn't, was it real? It was okay. So, yeah. So. But yeah. I, I totally get that. So. Yeah, Mr. Ross? I'd give it a four just to see Booster Gold back, and I'm really glad to see where uh, the end of that Justice League International, where you kind of see that other Booster Gold show up again, and I like all those ties there. And then there was the joke uh, where the guy was torturing him in the bin for secrets or whatever, and he gives him the Big Mac recipe. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny, yeah. Good? I was going to give it a 3.5, but seeing the old... uh, Blue Beetle and the old Captain Adam and the Beetle ship, I'll give it a four. All right. Charleston for the win. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, I give it a three and a half also, like 3.5. It was good. It was, it was a fun story. Like, the Flash's command, we haven't seen him in a long time, and the implications from this is that all the other universes still exist. So mm-hmm. whether it be pre New 52 or... Flashpoint, pre-crisis, yep. pre-crisis, all that exists still. So it's only a matter of time before they shake the tree again and give give us pieces we want from the old universe back. And, and besides that, you know, I mean, it's been an uphill battle with Booster Gold because I think he's a fantastic character, and some people still hate him. But like, this is like if you've never read a Booster Gold story, this is why he's so cool. Is that you can have these kind of crazy stories bouncing through time and picking up little pieces of storylines that were kind of left off, like the end of Justice League. Yeah. International. I would say, though, that if you've never read a Booster Gold story, it's probably definitely not the story you want to start out on. I would say it would be the first one for you to read. you got to remember that, so everybody loves Jeff Johns. Well, Jeff Johns wrote um, a lot of Booster Gold, and Teen Titans, and Avengers, and a bunch of other stuff at the same time as writing Green Lantern before he was this epic writer guy. So, uh, yeah. It all helped build him to that, though. All of nah. it was really good. Yeah, no, it was good. Like, the Booster Gold stuff he did was great. 
That symbol on his chest is, says Uniting Superhumans Advanced Research Group. I don't know what that is. It's Argus. Is it? Yeah. But it's not our Argus. Hmm. Just because it's a different set of words. Yeah. Because, yeah, if you do advanced... I guess I can't read it on that cover. It's too shaky. I did it on the uh, black and or the the regular size cover. Advanced Research Group, United Uniting Superhumans. Yeah. Or Superhuman United, or whatever. It's still it's, it's, it's Argus. still Argus. Like yeah. The letter breakdown is Argus. But our Argus, the the eye is tilted to the left, and the, the words mean something else. So, I'm interested to see what it is. I don't think this is... I, I think the older booster is not our booster at all. I'm pretty sure he's a parallel universe booster. He kind of looks to me like when they had the Justice League Extreme or whatever it was called. His costume does, yeah. yeah. They're very 80s. Yeah. Ugly ass the, look. The, no, it looks cool, man. Oh my. It looks like this. the Armorines from Valiant back in the day. Yeah, uh, yeah okay, a little bit. <laughs> Unfortunately, he yeah. still has the same headgear with that weird opening. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why that bugs me, but it does. Yeah. But, good, it's good stuff. But yeah, if you, if you read it yourself and you go, gosh, why did they give it such a high rating? I don't get it. it, it a lot of it is like your connection to Booster. Yeah. You know, yeah. If, you, if you were just reading this, and even if you're just like reading this because you were reading the... Uh, Flashpoint. Or not, not Flashpoint, but uh, Future's End. Yeah. Like it may not have a big significant role yet, but I have a feeling... Stuff from here is going to tie into something. I think there are four out of five of us that have a pretty strong connection with Booster yeah. prior to the new 52. So. This right. is true. And yeah, I, I'm not love seeing Booster back. So. <laughs> Take that, Mike. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't think uh, it's already long enough. Uh, we'll run. Uh, we'll run an interview next next episode, everyone. Uh, maybe we'll do Sanford Green next episode. Sound Sweet. good. All right, so we'll do that in the next episode. Uh, so books to watch, R- Mike. Black Science, uh, Deadly Class. Um, I just got caught up on Uncanny Avengers. That's pretty good too. Yeah. I know it's all one author, but. Um, so look for Rick Remender books. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Guardians, obviously. Um, Revival. All right. Rob. Um, I have to give Captain America a big credit. I, I was looking at the new series and was really unsure about it, but everything I've seen so far with Falcon taking over Cap looks great. So I'm looking forward to that a lot. Uh, we're going to get the revive on the Mighty Avengers, which looks fantastic as well. So both those guys I'd say definitely look forward to. And then, of course, Robin Rises, which is down the pipe a long ways but it looks great so alright Mr. Ross I'd say Batman and Robin or Robin Rises Alpha I'm really right. excited for that and then just continuing that Samurai Jack it's really really good alright Kurt uh, Tooth and Claw keep on Red Lanterns um Huh? Planet of the Apes and Star Trek. Planet of the Apes and Star Trek. It's going to be a good crossover. <laughs> and Colder, as we mentioned prior. Mm-hmm. Right. Colder coming out from Dark oh. Horse. And Five Ghosts. 
from 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 Image. Yeah, that that's my favorite. Tooth and Claw will also be from Image Comics. Mm-hmm. And it also looks to be a good one. All right. And what Rob said, uh, Captain America, Mighty Avengers, and Captain America. They both look cool. I, I'm going to say Thor. I'm, I'm, I'm actually pretty excited to see Thor too. too so. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say pick that up. Cause I'm actually excited to see old Thor with the axe. Yeah, yeah that'd be pretty cool too. Yeah, I'm a little worried they're gonna they're gonna take one of his arms, but we'll see. He can cable it up. Yeah, it's not like, <laughs> not like he needs two. I mean, really. he wouldn't be the first guy with a robotic arm. Exactly. Bucky, cable. Yeah. Forge. Me. Yeah. I Ross. Mean, Ross. Ross. <laughs> the Ross assassin. Well, he's got to hide this thing someplace. <laughs> Arm. Mm. Mike, you got one more? No. no. Oh, that right. Apocalypse book? Oh, yes, Apocalypse. I, Odyssey. Uh, I wanted, uh, Odyssey, I don't know. I'm on the fence about that, but Apocalypse, yeah. I think that's going to be awesome. Odyssey has some preview pages and previews. Does it? crazy. Uh, does it? Christian Ward's drawing it. I haven't seen that yet. Uh, okay, so maybe, let's, okay, we'll say Odyssey. And an apocalypse, or apocalyptic, whatever that apocalypse book is. Tone Rodriguez is going to have a variant cover for that Star Trek. Oh, really? Uh, Planet of the Apes. That's cool. Tone, Tone. Tone's a good guy too. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the one where he's sitting in the captain's chair? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty and awesome. George Perez has one. Huh. All right. It's Tone Rodriguez. Yeah, I know. I know. Tone Alex Tone. Ross has a cover B for Tooth and Nail, Tooth and Claw number two. Tone, Tone Rodriguez. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> you just need to stop. Although I will wonder if the Alex Ross variant cover will have dynamite on the cover. It probably, probably will. Probably will. Nah, awesome. That's Tooth and Claw too. It looks cool. Yeah. It does look good. It looks like a Game of Thrones thing. Although I hate Game of Thrones. Oh, well, sure you, uh, mainly because he hates Games and Thrones. Yes. Yeah, it's understandable. And Kings and Queens. That looks mm. cool. And Joffreys. It's understandable. <laughs> and Hoders. <laughs> Man, oh. luckily there's not many of the last two in New Orleans. And <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say there's much in that book either for that. So, Amigo Comics, read those. <laughs> Amigo. That whole. Looks like Vertigo's got a werewolf. I saw Wolfman. Wolfman. I call him Bone. I told you about last time. Mm-hmm. Get the program. Are you done? <laughs> you're done, huh? You're, you're done. You're done, Ross. Yeah. And call it. Chicklets. Wait. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> 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 gum, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It is. right. it's those little like hard pieces of gum that you get out of the vending machine. Who eats those anyway? Yeah. For a quarter, it's a lot of gum. <laughs> it loses its flavor in like a second. That's why you need um, a lot. <laughs> one, <know>. two, three, <laughs> and then you just want <laughs> It's like a baseball. God. One of my jaw hurts. <laughs> What'd you get? Okay, um, so I get this call, guys. Oh my gosh. <sighs> Ross? Ten lantern. That was good, good times. That was, that was, that was fun. Tiki? Tiki? Couldn't do it if I wanted to. Skillet. Oi! Oi, skillet! Muttley. <laughs> right. <laughs> Telling you. <laughs>